0: Hi, I'd like to begin the show by saying that you can support Watch Out for Fireballs and other shows that are similar to Watch Out for Fireballs by going to Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. There's lots of cool stuff that you can get and, you know, you help us out. That's Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV.
1: My name is Gary Butterfield.
0: My name is Cole Ross.
1: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, our monthly Q&A, topics, listener response, and new game announcement program.
0: Yeah, we will be answering your questions, reading your responses to November's games, Left 4 Dead 2, Stardew Valley, and uh, StarCraft 2, and then revealing uh, January's games. It's hard to believe it's already going to be 2022.
1: It was a quick year, Yeah, I thought. Agreed. Or it felt like it to me.
0: Same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's get into it.
0: Let's Uh, do it here.
1: I'll go ahead and get started here. Question from Tamika. Uh, They say, uh, are there any game mechanics, design decisions, or features that can destroy your interest in a game, Um, even if it was something that you were otherwise looking forward to?
0: I mean, randomized, like Diablo-style loot is a big problem for me. Yeah
1: yeah you know, uh, that was gonna be mine i I don't like a loot pinata thing.
0: yeah like if I start
1: having to sort gear into different colors and stuff i get
0: bored yeah that becomes uh that becomes a bit of a, a bit of a problem that MMO style uh loot kind of thing go back to any number of episodes where we talked about uh pickup economy and uh how that ties into other systems like exploration that ends up being mm-hmm. uh be, being a bit of an issue mm-hmm
1: There's a once upon a time, I definitely would have said crafting, but there are some things I like crafting in. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't automatically discount it. Yeah. 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 And then uh, the other other one for me is I don't like playing a game multiple times to get the real ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't want to repeat content. um, And I don't want to do a slightly different spin on content I've already done. Mm -hmm. Like I like, I like being done with a game when I'm done with that. Yeah. If if it's, if it's a narrative game, Mm -hmm. like I, I say, as a roguelike guy, yeah. Where yep. like the end point is where you call it. But I don't like a, a visual novel style. See this from you know the part A is the same, but part B and C are different. Yeah. Do yep. it nine times. Uh, you're, style. You're,
0: you're near style uh kind of kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. Um uh, I, I used to used to be more down on like proc gen uh kind of stuff. Uh, before mm-hmm. I saw really good uses of procgen that said like if I am you know browsing on Steam looking for new horror games and it's like this is a this is an asymmetrical multiplayer procgen kind of thing I was like eh, eh, no 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 thank you Pro-
1: Procgen lends itself really poorly to horror yes it kind of depends on the genre I think
0: yeah yeah just there there, there are misapplications uh let's say mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Greg writes, I'm going to shorten this just a little bit, uh, but, uh, kind of explains that he is interested in dark souls, but finds that, uh, doesn't have the reflexes, uh, but still, uh, wants to experience something like that. Uh, uh and also doesn't have the patience to invest, uh, to get the time to get good. Could you guys perhaps suggest some dark souls like games, uh, that are fun to play while being easier and less frustrating? Uh, thanks and keep up the good work. Uh, I, I, Kingsfield
1: yeah, 4. Yeah, King Well, Kingsfield 4 is also like you, you die like immediately. Like yeah, you still die very <laughs> the 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 thing that I saw this on the Patreon and it's a tough question because Dark Souls is really easy when it comes to these games.
0: Yeah. They yeah. they get
1: harder, they mm-hmm. don't get easier than that. I think that uh you know adjusting to the rhythm of the game and adjusting your expectations and pace of play
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stuff is a prerequisite. I don't think it's optional yeah for for these you know so like every once in a while like someone will come around and be like oh i found bloodborne easier than dark souls because they came to it from character action Mm -hmm. but it's still like an incredibly tough game like that's that's more just like flavors of a very tough Mm -hmm. uh dark souls and demon souls are the two slowest least reflex based souls likes that i know
0: yeah yeah and most uh uh you know most indie studios or most other studios that are uh, going after souls like making games in that in that vein they are going to uh cor- correct upward on difficulty as opposed to downward you know yes yeah so so it might be a thing where
1: it's just not for you which is which is fine like yeah. the things you know the 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 rhythm of playing a dark souls is playing really slow committing to actions and reading tells mm-hmm. And that that is never easier than it is in Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Yeah, uh, where every care every boss has a really big wind up, and you chunk them down in like ten hits. <laughs> it, they're just going to become more damage spongy and. Faster with less readable tells as the series goes on.
0: Yeah. Knowing Greg and knowing that he likes uh Super Nintendo and PlayStation style games, I think that the best way into this would probably be Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is by no means an easy game. However, you know, if you have played and enjoyed Metroidvania games, that is closer, that, that like that is a way in to Dark Souls style atmosphere and storytelling. Um, yes. And some of the some of the boss rhythm kind of stuff with its with its healing, I would say like Hollow Knight stands really well just as like an amazing game. In addition to be a in addition to being an amazing Souls like experience, I think that's a good way to go.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't map as one to one on the Dark Souls. Like I don't know that Hollow Knight prepares you to play Dark Souls. No, no, in, in by by any means. But it's still just a really great game and, and worth anyone's time. Yeah. You know, and if if you play that and it's just like, oh, that this is too tough, then it, it you know, I'm not saying this as any kind of, you know, challenge chauvinist, but it might just not be for you, yeah. which is fine. There's lots of different ways things can be tough
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's lots of different ways to, in, to enjoy games. But yeah. there aren't like there's almost there's almost a vacuum for a more direct like over the shoulder 3D mm-hmm. souls that is easier than Dark Souls. Like
0: Ashen could have been that, but they decided not to be
1: <laughs> they decided way not to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but the, the, like there, there is a, there's, there's a, there's a hole in the market, mm-hmm. you know, which is what kind of shows it's interesting that no one's decided to take it that way, probably because gamers would flip out about how easy it is. Cause they suck.
0: Yeah. And not realizing that it's not for them. Just like the harder souls likes are not for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Maya asks, uh, Bethesda got the Elder Scrolls and Fallout franchises as their premier WRPG franchises. Bethesda man calls you and says, Gary and Cole, pick the next genre of our Radiant AI quest explosion first person giant RPG franchise.
0: What are you pitching? I can't decide if Maya means uh, franchise instead of genre because Maya described, you know, Radiant AI RPG genre kind of deal. Um, well, and
1: they said Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Those are two different genres.
0: I know that your answer is going to be uh, going to be Shadowrun. I think that's a really good idea.
1: <laughs> Shadowrun or X Men?
0: Yeah,
1: like the, like my my you know X Men thief like immersive <laughs> yeah. sim. Yeah, you know, ima- imagine robbing houses and poking around them as Nightcrawler. It'd be pretty good. You know, it'd be pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Um, um It's know. it's it's tough for me. I'm trying to think of like things that I have a lot of like uh you know a, a, a affection for, uh, franchise wise. But I also Akewood. <laughs> yeah, going going around the underground, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that'd be tough. Um, just I, like the the
1: Fallout quest starting like the the Great Outdoors fight like <laughs> appears. Oh.
0: <laughs> you, just, you just walk and you get the, the area card for the Acres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, how about Berserk? I think uh, th- I think a Berserk one would be pretty good. Just set something yeah. in that in that world, uh, where yeah, where everything's all locked cool up. Yeah, that's definitely a cool idea. Yeah, uh, just because I want a more interesting Berserk game than that Muso game. The band. Yeah, of the Hawk. I want.
1: I want Muso games to go away. <laughs> so, I'm sick of them colonizing franchises. I like.
0: Yeah. So. Oh you know, man! Don't get it. <laughs> uh, Stewart writes, uh, after liking and finishing Metroid Dread, I found that I felt Metroidvanias as a whole have been done better in the indie space. Uh, I've also been keeping track of new immersive Sims from indie developers, and I'm hoping that we see a boom with them, uh, like we have with Metroidvanias. Are there any genres that you prefer seeing handled by indie teams rather than a triple A studios? Um, horror, like j- just generally. Indie horror yeah. is fucking where it's at, man. <laughs> it,
1: the uh, well, and also, I mean, Stuart got it with Metroidvanias. Yes, yeah. right. Like I, I haven't played Dread yet, but it's it's hard for me to think it's going to be as good as like a Hollow Knight.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, uh, they have basically dialed that mm-hmm. that genre. Yeah, um, and then other genres I love that indie studios do aren't made by AAA studios no so i like you know i love roguelikes and deck builders and stuff but nobody makes those
0: closest we have you is know? uh returnal you know but that's yeah. uh th- th- that is an exception you know
1: Yeah, and that's still like kind of like a double a like price yeah. like a triple a but it's a you know a developer that not a lot of people knew or anything mm-hmm. so yeah uh in general like i i almost will always prefer an indie take on stuff mm-hmm. you know uh, the, the we're doing fallout 4 for Waf next and like that kind of big Bethesda thing is something that indie studios don't have the resources for. Right. You know, and I, I think that has a place in the gaming, in my gaming ecosystem. Like I like playing those Mm -hmm. every couple of years, but most of the time I can get what I want out of a, out of an indie Yeah, Uh, being not a, a graphics and production hound. I don't Mm -hmm. care about that stuff very much.
0: Yeah. So as far as immersive Sims go, I know of like a handful, like I know you've got your, uh, your neon struct and your cruelty Scraw squad and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious about, uh, about all of those. Um, but, uh, it is, it is not something that I have, I've seen a lot of pickup on, I guess.
1: Mm-mm. I I haven't either. Uh, yeah. and even those are, are that's, I mean, that's another genre that I, I think I associate with AAA because of the amount of resources that go into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've not seen a lot of, uh, A immersive Sims mm-hmm. you know, Gloomwood will have some immersive SIM DNA. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, but, um, yeah, I would like to see more of that as well.
0: Yeah. I would like to see Gloomwood. I want more, I want you I want do. more Gloomwood. Oh.
1: Yeah, I would like to, I will play that game when it comes out. That's yeah. good. Uh, but like all games, it comes out when it comes out. It does. The, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to wait. Patience is the number one gamer virtue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to nail my 95 gamers theses to the, the gaming church. <laughs> and it's like patience, use your consumables, mm-hmm. you know, kill the hype inside you. Yeah. Um, Andrew asks, uh, "Finally, getting around to Disco Elysium, and it's definitely a detective game, among other great things. In a way that Paradise Killer isn't. What are some non-Paradise Killer games that you were either disappointed or excited to find out were far different than how they were presented?" I think this is a good question. I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know because I've been concentrating on work games mm-hmm. uh, like a lot recently. Yeah. So my my things I've popped into that we aren't doing for the show have been limited. So right. my, like my memory is a little bit rough on that one.
0: Mm-hmm. P- pretty much, pretty much the same. I tend to go into games for the show with a pretty good idea of what they, of what they are. My expectations are usually pretty right sized, you know, by the time we make a decision to jump into it. So it's hard mm-hmm. to, it's, it's hard to say like that I've gotten like catfished, you know, uh, by, 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 by some of these specifically. Yeah. I don't know that I have an answer for this.
1: Like the 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 most recent example I have of it is Paradise Killer being sold to me as a detective game. Yeah. As opposed to a visual novel, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's not you know, that wasn't uh that's it that's in the question. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> that the question, so it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna good. have to I'm I'm gonna have to uh, bow out of this one. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no no good no good answers right now. Yeah uh, just because of uh yeah the work Game balance right now.
0: If 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 I if I think of one later, I will interject with it while Gary is talking. So, Mm
1: -hmm. and if I think of one later, I will call Cole at three (laughs) a.m. and shout it. I will text him nine one one. Yeah, and then when he calls me back, I'll shout it at him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dragon ball monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon ball joker. oh man uh so rp writes uh, our final gaming question here uh gary and cole are banished to a desert island together each get to choose four games on any platform to take with them we're gonna have to have
1: sex it,
0: yeah how long are we gonna be there I, this this question
1: already is making me feel <laughs> You're, the, you're the one you brought. i love you but it's like I, what we would do is we would put a line down the middle of the island and we yeah. hang out once a week
0: yeah that, that that would that would yeah. be the, the both <laughs> of us both of us enjoy i mean i i won't i won't speak for you i enjoy my solitude too much yeah. to have that be i just it uh, one of us would end up killing the other so yeah
1: unless we had a really good line of sand like <laughs> how big is this island right you know yeah, the, yeah. the tricky part
0: i mean also this is an island that has that has electricity it has it has power so yeah but no internet probably uh, probably so that so that like stuck uh, on it, that so. would uh let, let's say it has internet down but not internet out or it only has access yeah, to like go. nexus or something because like there mods mods and uh like like downloadable content kind of stuff would be pretty important you know yeah yeah yep Yep.
1: Uh, uh, you can continue the question i just <laughs> was thinking about a stuck on a desert island together
0: yeah and yeah. it's not
1: personal stuck on a desert island with anybody
0: no no it'd be just yeah it'd be terrible uh, uh, so each of you get to choose four games on any platform to take with you. Uh, what do you choose and why?
1: Uh, I'm just so we don't turn the whole podcast into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say real quickly off the top of my head, I'm going to say Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, you know, endlessly iteratable, <laughs> yeah. challenge runnable, uh, probably Dark Souls. Again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have mods in the scenario we've invented. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, you know, like doing different challenge runs and different builds of that right uh isaac cool with all of the expansions um gonna start a fresh save of that and then it's hard because like my favorite games have a narrative but that doesn't i can imagine being on this desert island and playing disco elysium the same way right like, yeah. for 10 years before i like try <laughs> to see what else happens in it. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, um i don't know I would tetris have, or something yeah tetris would be the tetris was going to be one of mine um, I was going to say like Tetris, Stardew Valley, Minecraft, and City Skylines, just like mm. some kind of like real meaty, uh, you know, management sim, um, city builder kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, City Skylines would be good. Yep, for that, some kind of city builder.
0: Yeah, They're just uh, just just nice, you know, with Minecraft to get lots of mods and stuff, and I can put infinite time into that anyway. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no the, the, those would be mine i I just uh look, look at looking at it for the long haul mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just 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 gonna take the entire just all four of the survival kids slash lost in blue games. <laughs> it's a real busman's yeah. holiday.
1: I wanna play a mediocre version of this thing that I love for eternity <laughs> <laughs> until I die of scurvy, yep, um moving on to life questions uh lucky asks. Uh, I was recently summoned for jury duty for the first time. I was actually disappointed not to be chosen to sit on a trial. If either of you had jury duty before, were you more curious to see the process firsthand or more annoyed at your life being interrupted? Uh, what would you want to see in a video game about being a juror? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, did you ever do jury duty? I know no. I've told my jury duty story before. I'm not just like chomping at the bit to tell it again. or
0: anything. <laughs> no, but, I've never done jury duty. Like my name has, has come up and I've had to make the phone calls you know, mm-hmm. but it was during, it was during COVID. Uh, so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. The, it just, it, it, you know, I think that maybe if they were holding more active, active court sessions or whatever, um, that, that I probably would have been pulled up, but I, I was lucky. Could I guess lucky enough? It would be an inconvenience. I think it'd be really interesting, you know, just from a life experience kind of thing. And also from a, uh, oh, you get to, get to serve the community, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, no civic
1: duty is something you and I are sickos that get off on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I'm not saying it would be like, it, it, you know, the, the, the greatest thing, but also I, it, it's something that, that would be cool to get to do before I, you know, before I die. Uh, so no, no, I've not that. And that is generally my attitude toward it.
1: I have uh, been called twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I served and the difference between then and now is that I worked at a nine to five, mm-hmm. uh, that paid for jury duty it okay. was basically just going to a more interesting job for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that made it good. It was a uh, pimp, okay uh, and a uh, his, one of one of his uh, not client, the reverse of a client,
0: uh, one of a his employees, con- I guess. A, con- a contractor.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, an con- independent contractor that worked with this pimp. Uh, and like all kinds of wild shit in this thing. like she had been shot in the leg by him. Uh, it was really interesting because there was all the, these coded uh, phone calls from jail. Oh yeah, that he yeah. had done to his partner. Mm-hmm. That were all like, you know, did you get the, you know, the 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 folders,
0: yeah. you know, things
1: like that, like where you couldn't talk about. It It was very fascinating. He had like forensics experts come in, and everything. It was super cool, mm-hmm. um, and he he was guilty as hell. Uh, And then the, uh, it was really interesting though, because the victim was really non-sympathetic. Okay. Um, she was, uh, like currently on drugs in court Hmm. and admitted to doing a lot of drugs and talking about how much he loved it when he ate her pussy and shit, like unprompted, (laughs) you know, it (laughs) is, <laughs> I mean, she, she's making it real hard for the normies to like
0: yeah. look at her objectively. I mean, you're making her sound like Frank's girlfriend from the what? Hank Hank marries a, a a hooker episode, the pretty woman. Yeah, yeah.
1: Frank's pretty woman. Yeah, yeah, it's real real similar to 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 her, uh, Dusty. Yeah, it was called that because she did lots of angel dust. Uh, real similar energy yeah. to Dusty. Um, but it, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the second time it happened, I was way too like leftist to get picked for a jury.
0: That's the thing. Because yeah.
1: one of the, th- one of the things that the prosecution will ask is, do you think that a uh, police officer's judgment is better than the average citizens? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like not even remotely, they're just people. Yeah. And that it like immediately disqualified me. Nice. Um, yeah, so but- yeah, it was, it was rad. The, the, the experience of. A video game in which you were a juror would mm-hmm. not be that different than uh, a Phoenix Wright or a Paradise Killer where you're presented with a lot of evidence.
0: Right. Um,
1: and jury is a collaborative pro- uh, process. What mm-hmm. I would love to see is an online game where it's 12 different people who play a jury. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a really cool, like, Ludum Dera idea mm-hmm.
0: to me. Yeah. I, I mean, m- m- the version of like jury duty that I have in my head is, you know, 12 angry men where it's not so much like everybody comes to their own opinion, but it's like a, a trial within the trial where like one person makes a an impassioned case for why people should change their votes. But that is, yes. you know, the, you know, there's only one Gregory Peck. you know,
1: <laughs> a-, a version of that happened in ours, this horrible uh, white lady hmm. who uh, they told us, you know, a couple times during the trial, like, Hey, you shouldn't make a decision until you hear all the evidence and she took that as we should not really think about the evidence so she wanted to go over the whole like two week trial oh god in deliberation and every nobody was putting up with it no like i've never had a collective like everyone in the room rolled their eyes at one person experience <laughs> quite that strong <laughs> like and and at some point somebody's just like yeah we're not doing that like yeah you
0: should have paid more attention yeah you should have been you know at least like cataloging the pieces in your head maybe not putting them together yeah. but like you know, come in, come in with a reckon, you know,
1: give it some thought that the, the night before the yeah the finale, you know, don't think wa- about it in your off hours as well.
0: Yeah, don't don't waste our fucking time, you know,
1: like I was definitely open to some kind of bombshell showing up at the end that would have changed my mind about it. Like yeah. I didn't predetermine that I thought this dude was guilty, but the, you, he wasn't the, the judge was not asking us to ignore every single thing that was suggested up until that point mm-hmm. and take it, you know, and review it at the end. I think yeah. she was just trying to milk more time out of it or something.
0: Oh, maybe. Oh God, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. It was real. It was real dumb. Yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the phone calls with like the coded stuff. That is really fascinating. Cause I, you know, I'm related to people in the corrections, you know, in industry or mm-hmm. what have you. And like just the, the, the strategies that the, the, the that prisoners work or inmates work up, um, to, uh, um get around the fact that they're being listened to or recorded all at all mm-hmm. times i mean like up to and including like uh just having really nasty phone sex um and then like slipping in the like the the bit of like communication you know just putting in all of the all of the deep deep breaths and the oh oh here's what i'm doing kind of thing and then saying and i'll be by with a package at four. Oh yeah <laughs> just kind of like just just making it so if anybody's listening in um either recorded or live either they're gonna turn their attention elsewhere or fast forward through it you know yeah oh you know yeah it's, it's like spy stuff it's cool uh Moving on to media questions. Uh, Nick says, on Bandcamp, Gary's band Modridge is labeled as, quote, sad bastard music. Uh, what artists or particular albums would you classify as happy bastard music? Uh, my best guess is Jimmy Buffett when he made a song about his preferred cheeseburger structure.
1: He is a happy bastard. Yeah. That's the James Buffett. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I just want it on the record that I would not have called... Uh, our band sad bastard music i don't do any of the social media stuff
0: gotcha gotcha the
1: band that was not, uh, not my phrasing
0: that's a uh that's a high fidelity reference
1: i i think it could be no yeah. it is
0: it, it, it definitely is jack black's character yeah. uh calls uh th- i think uh, john cusack's character puts on bell and sebastian he calls it old sad bastard music
1: there's a good chance that'll be changed by the time this episode drops. I <laughs> sneak into the band camp and get rid of that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it would be. Happy bastard music. Beulah. Like there's not a lot of like happy musicians. That yeah. I can think of who make happy music.
0: There's, there's like happy in the context of things. So like my reference point for this would be the Eels, you know, they did electroshock blues in 1998, uh, which was about his mom passing away of cancer and his uh, sister uh, killing herself. And Mm -hmm. then I think the next year, Uh, It's a it's a it's an incredibly good album, uh, but it's one of the most depressing things you'll ever hear. And then like a year or so later, he put out Daisies of the Galaxy, which is uh, an intentional an intentional uh, kind of a uh, effort to be a little bit more hopeful. um, Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit more upbeat as a as as consequence, while also still being, I mean, real bittersweet. So like, again, it's all in context, you know?
1: Yeah. It's very it's very hard for me to think of much that it doesn't have a lot of qualifiers to it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're happy songs, but mm-hmm. like a band doesn't really brand itself. I also think like brand bands will brand themselves as sad, but I don't think that like it typically like bands that I like and bands that I participate in wouldn't brand themselves as neither. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like I I think that that uh, the ideal is to be slightly more complicated than that
0: yeah yeah i think it's a i think that's a reputation that you get more than anything any yeah. a, any uh band that uh uh i mean pre- present company excluded because i think the person who put that on there uh from your band was being was was making a joke probably yeah uh, but to any band that would like say we're this we're the sad we're the saddest mofos out there baby that's a little uh would, that, that's a little silly yeah yeah,
1: yeah that, that's, they're a goth band like that that's there's yeah. a genre for it yeah um yeah. um yeah. Uh Cal asks, uh, do you have any tips for GMing Shadowrun? I have done it a bit and have a reasonable grasp of the system, fifth edition, but I struggle to balance the many different avenues an action can take. One guy is online, another on the astral plane, one dude has possessed a car, and another <laughs> guy is in a disguise. It's especially hard to stop it from being an arms race of counters, and it all gets very messy combined. Uh my only advice for that is don't play the Shadowrun world in a different system. I yeah. I don't like any Shadowrun systems. It's my favorite setting, but my least favorite system of rules. Mm-hmm. And the problem you're uh, describing was a problem when I played in Second Edition, a problem when I played in Fourth Edition in Anarchy, and when I tried or read through Fifth Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that like the Shadowrun game I'm playing now, I'm just doing a Powered by the Apocalypse hack. Yeah, because I don't uh, I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that's like anti advice, but like. I the, they know the people who made the game have never solved that problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So seems like a lot to keep track of.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not a great mechanical system. Yeah. Uh what the thing that so I I really like um I'm doing a thing called the Sixth World is the power by the Apocalypse hack I'm doing. And the thing I like about it is it fixes those problems, but it understands a little bit that Shadowrun is about like gear and tech fetishism. Mhm. So there's still, like, lots of equipment. It's not, like, uh, actual Powered by the Apocalypse where you just do a damage dice based on your class. Yeah. You know, like, there there are different guns you can get in different side where you can get that have different effects. They've just folded it into a less crunchy but also less scattershot system. hmm So you seems can like, get the good without the bad.
0: Yeah. Seems like a good, uh, good compromise.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: Um, let's see here. Patches asks, if I was going to explore David Bowie's music, where would Gary suggest that I start?
1: I, uh, Gary questions the media zone yeah. this time. Yeah. Um, Bowie's been all over the place. Uh, the, the very, like the accepted stuff, like you should listen to like Ziggy Stardust. And then if that doesn't catch you, you should listen to, you know, low. And if that doesn't catch you, listen to Scary Monsters. And if like none of those three catch you, you're probably not a Bowie guy. Like the rest of the stuff is a little bit is more corner case Mm -hmm. or builds off of those three. Those are like very three, very strong albums from three very distinct eras. Mm -hmm. So that is where I would start. Um, uh, and Ziggy Stardust has the advantage of, and, and scary monsters of having songs you've
0: heard before. That's the thing I was going to ask, like, uh, is, um, is, is a, is a greatest hits a good way into, in, in, into, into Bowie? Like, go just, you know, let li- sure. li- listen to this and then say like, all right, I liked these tracks. These are from this album and then go as a uh, go deep. Like that's how I've gotten into bands with, with big, uh, with, with big catalogs before.
1: Yeah, that, that is, that is perfectly fine. Yeah. i think i don't hate on greatest hits the way that some music snobs do yeah there are bands that are bowie isn't among them but there are bands where it's like they are as good as their greatest hits yeah you know, you know and that and that's fine
0: yeah like if somebody asked me like where would i start with neil young it'd be like oh just decade it's amazing it's yeah tons of great songs you know yeah. and you wonderful could, collection you, of songs you could and, just listen to that and you you would probably be fine
1: well, Neil Young specifically, like I like Neil Young a lot. Neil Young has some, I mean, so does Bowie, but mm-hmm. has some, some dark. Some zones. eras. Yeah. <laughs> some eras that are pretty tough to listen to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, just by chance, like not landing on one of those. Is really yeah. Bad.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to pull up, let's roll or whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah and just like i don't like no young it's like well <laughs> i know you don't want to have this conversation but that's not an accurate you
0: know, i don't think you're qualified to say that yet yeah um you know or like uh, the, on the other side you you pull up trans and it's like oh this yeah. rules right and like I yeah. n- nothing like, well, well nothing in music is like that and also nothing in his catalog is like that
1: yeah it's not it's not representative <laughs> yeah so uh, James says, uh, Hey guys, in the spirit of Cole being interested in where we're writing from, this is James from leafy West London with spooky season behind us. What was your favorite horror media this month? I'd like to give it a shout out to St. Maud, a great 80 minute British horror film from 2019 about a live in nurse whose pious Christian devotion born of a former life of past trauma causes her to believe that she alone will be the salvation of the dying woman she's caring for with horrific results. It's extremely creepy Thoughtful horror, and I think it would be perfect for unfilmable. Hmm. Uh, what's the best creepy media thing that you experienced this season that we did not talk about on for a show?
0: Yeah. Um I finished up. Uh I sat down and I read all of the Drifting Classroom uh, the horror manga, mm-hmm. which is uh which is good. Uh it is mm-hmm. it it is almost paced like a comedy because I mean, it like it takes place over a very small amount of time, but it is just a parade of misfortunes that take that that hit these kids and, you know, tens of them die on a page because of one Mm -hmm. one one thing or another. Uh, But uh, it is creative and it is kind of shocking to think that this was done in the 70s. So it has a little bit of the uh, like, you know, there there's there's some weird stuff where this like this feels tonally uh, like out of place compared to something that would be more modern. But I think that like from an art and uh, just general like abundance of ideas uh, kind of perspective, uh, the Drifting Classroom has been pretty good and it's easy to get a hold of. There's just three three of those like Viz Perfect Bound uh, volumes, uh, which uh, I really enjoy those. Yeah.
1: I, I started reading that and fell off it because of that pacing thing. Yep. I didn't quite have like a a, a way to express it, but then mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. It's got a weird pacing. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's, I haven't like you know, sworn it off. I, I intend mm-hmm. to go back to it at some point, yeah. but I think I just came into it expecting, I mean, know, and this it. is, faulty on my part but i was expecting something closer to june yeah pacing even though they spell and pronounce their names differently <laughs> like they're t- they're totally two different people in different eras yeah, but i remember yeah. i was just kind of put off by that
0: yeah i just um, I-, I bounced yeah. off of the first volume a little bit and i just i i put in a little bit of work to get over the friction and i caught the speed of it and ended up enjoying yeah. it like the, 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 there are like a whole story whole story arcs and stuff that are really good in that the the plague one yeah. specifically are, is as uh, fantastic um, I
1: watched a movie called Southbound mm-hmm. uh recently that is excellent. Uh I realized that I had not watched any of the uh recent anthology horror movies, mm-hmm. and it was suggested by some people in the Slack. Um, it's really good. So uh there's one segment in it that has a uh, body horror vivisection that is incredibly hard to watch. Okay. That I think is misguided. Uh like because there's scary things in it, but they just do a lot of Fangoria shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is
1: not not worthwhile. Um, and obfuscates the part of it that's actually scary, but all the other segments are really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a really cool movie.
0: Southbound. So, you said? Southbound. Yeah.
1: Nice. It's something I was thinking about bringing to Unfilmable at some point, mm-hmm. uh, because it is, uh, it's pretty Lovecraftian. And yeah. I mean, I know that's not the remit of the show anymore, but it mm-hmm. is. Uh, and, uh, it's, I'd, I'd like you to see it. It's genuinely really good. I think you would, you would really dig it.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, based on that description, I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. want to do a couple of show questions and then get to uh get to lightning round that is what i would like to do okay Uh, Jimmy says, uh, hi guys, and congrats on 10 years of Duckfeed. over the last seven years. Since I've been listening, y'all have been a great treat to help me get through awful times, uh, be it exercising, sitting in traffic or a global pandemic. Uh, thanks for bettering my critical acumen and just generally being good dudes. Uh, as a person who has listened and re-listened to a lot of the back catalog, I'm curious what aspect has grown the most over the 10 years. What about five years? Uh, what do you look forward, uh, to growing in the next five or 10 years?
1: Uh, we talked about this at length mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. So without repeating uh, ourselves, like I would, I would say go back to, to that episode, that decade mm-hmm. dispatch we did uh, yeah. in September and we, we address both these things mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? Is there anything that you can think of that we didn't cover then? no no not that i can think of yeah no. uh just as a as a you're in luck you can hear us discuss this very topic at length <laughs> yep um
0: yeah that was no. uh that was september's which maybe you wrote this in for this is uh th- this is yes. a little bit older Yeah.
1: yeah apologies if we missed you in intel then uh we mm-hmm. get more questions and we can answer which is good yeah yeah uh Andrew asks, I always wondered, when you do a relatively unknown game for WAF, such as Echo, Singularity, etc., do you do any research beforehand, such as development, plot, critical reception, or do you go in cold and research afterwards? Uh, so not not before recording the episode, but before playing the game, is yeah. what I imagine Andrew's asking.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, even before we select it, when somebody, uh, you know, because generally these come through as... Um, as requests or demands from, uh, from patrons, from executive producers, um, you know, people request three at a time. Right. And that gives us a little bit of latitude, uh, to make a choice. Uh, if it is relatively unknown, you know, I don't, I, I think that the biggest thing that I, that, that I look for is like, uh, it, is this something that I would be interested to play? And do I feel like I would have anything interesting to say about it? And most of my research is directed to answer those questions.
1: Yeah, it's it's not really research. Yeah. And yeah. those you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't use that phrase for it. Right. Like we we get a basic premise and does it sound interesting before we play. But I don't I definitely don't look at, you know, critical reception or development beforehand because mm-hmm. I don't want that to color my experience. No, no. Like I don't it's important like whether something was made by a small team or what have you or, you know, made under extenuating circumstances was rushed, etc. But it doesn't actually change what's on the page. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be like a cloud hanging over me when I play
0: it. Right.
1: You know, so like something like, you know, Echo, which I didn't care for. I really didn't like that game very much. If, uh, if that was, you know, oh, it was made by one guy as a tribute to his dying mother, Mm. or if it was made, it it had all these grand plans, but the studio fucked it or something like that. Yeah. I think that has limited relevance to, you know, to the actual text that came out. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to know that stuff. Yeah. It's important to the episode, but not important to the play.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
1: Um, I'll get a one last show question because it's real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor uh, says some nice things about us. Thank you very much, Connor. Um, and is talking about uh, some of the uh Feet Present small shows that we've done uh, and talks about quiz monsters. Is there any ch- chance that we'll do more of those and then scare the shit out of me by PSing with spaghetti? <laughs> uh,
0: so really it's spooky this is just way too much uh, I've I mean yeah. I've I've looked over this question four or five times as I put the document together every time I saw a spaghetti it uh it really got, got under my skin if I'm being honest with you you
1: can't hear it but we edited out oh, like yeah. a lot of hyperventilating mm-hmm. like this is after a couple of weeks of like therapy so yeah. we've been able to record the rest of the episode
0: yeah uh, uh I could Go ahead about quiz monsters.
1: No, I, I was just going to say like, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was fun to put together, but it's hard to think of things that we have the knowledge for mm-hmm. to do that. What I think that we should do again is Dictionary volume two. Yes. Uh, there's no real reason not to do that other than time. Mm-hmm. Like we have all the prep done. We have all the questions collected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. Um, I'll, but, uh, I'll look yeah. for, I'll look for a day that's pretty light and, uh, throw our dictionary on there.
1: Yeah, we have that and we have another like dispatch roundup I think that we're probably due mm-hmm. uh, before we get too far behind. But yeah. those little bonus things like that are have to go on the back burner because they don't like they're not the main shows. Yeah. Like yeah. they're little little land yaps. Yeah. Uh, Quiz Monsters is hard because it's hard to think of a franchise that either of us know well enough that is long enough to have a lot of different entries. Yes. In it. Uh, but there could theoretically be more of that. Mm-hmm. That was indeed fun to do.
0: Oh. uh lightning round stuff yeah yeah uh, let's lightning round it up let's do it uh doug says a lot of 8 and 16 bit games thrived on mechanics where a special suit would grant unique abilities a la Tanuki's from mario 3 and your particular favorites from that or other franchises i mean uh, b and cat mario are tough to beat yeah cat mario cape
1: mm-hmm. like uh, i love the feather yeah uh very much
0: i love the way i like the way the power armor is handled in uh fallout 4 that is very similar
1: actually (laughs) yeah i'm yeah i'm gonna like i i've got a a tight five on that or whatever when we record it Mm -hmm. because it's the best the the franchise has done with the idea and i say that as somebody who like has so much affection for that franchise and generally thinks bethesda misses a lot of what's cool about it Mm -hmm. they make a couple changes in fallout 4 that I think are actually really inspired yeah and that's one of them uh Marcus uh asked, uh what video game locations that aren't just utopias or dystopias would be the best and worst places to live for you? Um so this I'm I'm reading this as like not too good or not too bad.
0: Um, <laughs> um yeah. the uh the, what is it, the Kreitzberg in Shadowrun uh oh gosh, Dragonfall. Oh,
1: sure in, in Dragonfall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting place to live, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 I could live on that big boat. Yeah. Uh, or the boats in, uh, in Hong Kong. Oh. Um, and that's a bad place to live because Yami Kings are stealing the <laughs> luck from everyone around them.
0: <laughs> right. No, no. Just the, uh, uh the, the, like the collective, uh, kind of place, the, the, the free state. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, uh, maybe a little bit too community driven for me, mm-hmm. given the, my, my love of solitude. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in, in terms of like non dystopian or utopian, just like chill places to live. Uh, we talked about Majula before.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: could just, like, live in a hut in Majula and wait for adventurers to come, like, have me laugh at them. hmm You know? Uh, that would be fine for me. Yeah. It would be uh, quite nice.
0: Yeah. Like, um,
1: until i need to eat and then it'd be like well fuck i <laughs> <You know,
0: laughs> guess, guess there's no food i guess I just you gotta go find those weird fruits
1: <laughs> yeah uh, oh great my poison resist is higher now
0: uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i i i, I knee jerk i feel like there's a temptation to say stardew to say pelican town but i think the pelican mm-hmm. town with low-key, like there there are enough things wrong with that place that it would actually be a pretty shitty place to live
1: so, only three channels yeah there's not a dvd player in the town dude nope like you would get so bored living in pelican town mm-hmm. like you just lift weights in an empty room instead <laughs> Be uh, in prison.
0: Yeah. oh yeah. god
1: just go go, go to prison <laughs> like, pelican town is like the prisoner like it feels like it's you know it's a place where like former spies and like dissidents are sent yeah to me
0: <laughs> uh let's see here that was uh, you i believe so here's me alex says uh this question is inspired by grime if you could replace your head with anything else uh what would you replace it with assume that while you can enjoy some slash all of the benefits of your potential new head uh that your potential new head would provide uh it would have no significant impact on your diet sleep schedule or social life mm. i would like to replace my head with a more normal human size head Oh, so you just want to shrink it a little bit, by like maybe maybe like eight percent, I think.
1: You know, I was gonna say closer to twenty five, but you okay, can you, do okay. you? yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just I I think that my head is just uh, it's it's a little bit too big. Yeah, it it yeah, it, it's hard because you still got to be able to eat and everything. Right, you know, like it has no
1: impact on diet and everything. Mm-hmm. I might I might say a pillow. Ooh. You know, because because a pillow can't be uncomfortable. mm Hmm. Like I would just put it down; and it would be soft automatically.
0: Yeah, wherever.
1: Yeah, huh. I would say a pillow. I, did, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a good answer for this though.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. have, you have a pillow though. You lose the ability for, uh, to have, a, to have a headbutt be a uh, like a dangerous or threatening move. It just kind of becomes uh, comes across as more playful.
1: That's true. You'd be, you'd be surprised how, like, how seldom I aggressively headbutt. Yeah. Somebody in my life, though.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's it's comfort knowing the options there.
1: It's true. You no, know, it's like a safety. It's like mm-hmm. how I always keep a Glock under my desk. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> just in case. Yeah.
1: I'm begging you home. Invade me.
0: <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Debate me. <laughs>
1: uh. Um, Matt, uh, ask of you have a background in criticism or broadcasting before the podcast. I feel like I remember one or both of you mentioning some kind of media study in college, but were you two pursuing some kind of talking about media job before podcasting was a thing? Uh, Cool. Kind of was right.
0: Yeah, I uh, my my degree was uh, it was it was called electronic media. It was formerly like TV radio. So like if I went in the in the 90s, it would be TV radio. Uh, And I got my uh, broadcasting chops as they were by doing college radio and then interning at a uh, radio station that did reading for the blind. Actually, it was a real cool job. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing in terms of like criticism more so than just what any liberal liberal arts education would uh, would provide for you um, in that regard. Uh, Nothing, nothing specifically about this. Mostly it was just microphone and recording technology was like the specific thing that I that I pursued.
1: Yeah, I I have also never uh, taken any such classes. Yeah. So no, uh, the answer is no. Yeah.
0: This is, uh, the, the, this is just kind of stuff that we, that, that we learned by, uh, listening to other shows and doing it ourselves. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Holland writes, how's Chris doing? Been missing my those fucking Ross boys episodes. Something awful. Uh, Chris is doing okay. Uh, he, uh, just, he, he moved a couple years ago to a little a place a little bit further out in the country. He is currently acting as a, a kind of a full-time chauffeur for his very active teenage daughter. Uh, but she's mm. about to uh, she's about to get her driver's license, uh, which is uh, which is very strange. No, well, we, mm. uh, we, we, we we've been hanging out. We're gonna help my parents move a, mat- a mattress tomorrow. Yeah, no, he's, he's mm. doing all right.
1: Nice. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, he's doing fine.
0: <laughs>
1: I actually have an answer for this one. Of course,
0: yeah. Um <laughs> gonna go, be, uh... go go on to uh um my Twitter here uh for uh, kind of like just uh, this past weekend around uh, November the 13th for my birthday this year, he made me a replica of Homer's spice rack uh from the mm-hmm. uh fr- from the Simpsons episode uh, Saturdays of Thunder, the incredibly shoddy, shoddily made uh, spice rack that he made. Uh, and, uh, it is ridiculous how accurate it accurate. is. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just, I when I, know when I opened, uh, when I opened the gift package, I just, I, I fucking lost it because I did not expect to see that. Um, yeah.
1: Chris, a very good gift giver. He is. Yeah. Like, it just seems like he is incredible at that. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, uh, In our final lightning round, ZayNation asks, uh, I've never played a Max Payne game before, so I was halfway through your Max Payne episode on Abject Suffering before I realized that I had been thinking of the 1995 film Major Payne starring Damon Wayans. This is not the first time this happened. Is there anything like that for you where your brain just refuses to process a concept and instead shunts you into the closest
0: thing you already know? Yeah, I call this snapping to grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard for me to think of a specific example, although major pain is a very good pull for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is yes. Yeah. But I, I it, it's hard for me to, to think of an example off the top of my head, mm-hmm. uh, which I know is a, a, an unsatisfying, yeah. you know. Uh, a little bit here um the, uh, <laughs>
0: there are any number yeah. of like old mmos like i get like asheron's call uh mixed up with any number of uh, uh mmos like also Rans next to everquest that were out at around that time you know
1: yes yeah there, there's there's a lot of that stuff i always get uh infamous mixed up with um
0: prototype whatever that
1: other one is prototype yeah. like i get those mixed up all the time yeah i also will do this intentional. like there's jokes oh yeah like when i worked at psu uh in the undergrounds undergrad programs office i always said the undergrad pogroms office uh as (laughs) a joke
0: (laughs) yeah that was funny i work Uh, work in murders and executions yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah uh but no uh it's it's hard for me to think of a good example
0: yeah i mean one that we uh do intentionally is mixing up the shadow and dark man
1: yes yeah well that, that started that wasn't that's became intentional well yeah, but <laughs> it was originally just
0: it was originally legitimate. just a just a a, a mispeak. So it's both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it evolved.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> and now we can throw in uh, the silver shroud.
1: Oh yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh let's move on to our topic.
0: Let's do uh this one comes in from Popo for show show. Uh, who says, this is another Metroid uh, Dread-related thing, uh, saying, after playing Metroid Dread, I've been thinking a lot about map systems in games. Uh, I've come to the realization that I like a less-is-more approach, like the original Zelda pack-and-map and and the in-universe Deus Ex maps. Uh, Do you guys have a favorite map system? Also, if you like maps, uh, check out the game uh, Miasmata or watch Jeremy Parrish's Cartography Streams. Yeah, so maps. Maps, baby. I, lo- uh, I, I love yeah. a
1: map. I love a map. I love looking at a map mm-hmm. in real life. Uh, my very unsatisfying answer to this in terms of games mm-hmm. is I have come to just, I just want them to give me the map. Yeah. I don't want to earn the map. I don't want to <laughs> make the map. Uh, I don't want, even when it's done kind of fun, like I like the the Hollow Knight. I like that little whistling
0: yeah. Dipshit. A little, you know? <laughs> little whistling dipshit who's constantly <laughs> disappointing his wife.
1: Yeah. A little garbage husband. Yeah. In Hollow Knight, the game <laughs> about the garbage husband. Like, <laughs> I think that's cute. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to deal with it anymore, though. This this is now joined the, uh, the one of the things I was thinking about with this topic that we could broaden it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we can certainly talk about, you know, get some time out of maps, but if we want to get some more stuff, are things that are friction bits that you used to like and now you don't?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and just as I get older and maybe just less patient or whatever, you know, uh, negative character quality you want to ascribe to me, mm-hmm. I, now I don't care. And I just want auto mapping that happens automatically from the beginning.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, th- thinking about like, feel like the recent resident evil remake, um, uh, maps have been especially good. You know, Mm -hmm. in terms of like automatically providing you a tremendous amount of information, Uh, not just, uh, you know, which rooms have more to find, but also like if you spotted something and left it behind it automatically puts a little icon there so that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, if I want this kind of ammo, I passed up this one um, a while back, which is actually just like a very good way to modernize the limited um, the limited inventory space system, actually. Uh, it's, 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 it's a really good compromise. Like what I want is a combination between that and like an ability to in game leave an annotation. I love like a map pin, uh, and waypoint kind of, uh, yeah. kind of deal. Uh, that is especially good. Yes.
1: Uh, same. Like yeah. I, I want to be able to mark a map digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want it to be optional, you know, so I, I don't want to have to do it. The when something when a game gives you that stuff mm-hmm. like um you know like Resident Evil those maps do or even back to Silent Hill would show you which lo- doors you checked yes it's, it's saving it's it's doing something that I could do myself right you know so it's not giving me imperfect <clears throat> information it's just stopping me from having to take my hands off the controller for a little bit
0: yeah yeah
1: you know to to do it myself mm-hmm. and the counter argument to that AKA the Etrian Odyssey approach is that. By mapping yourself like you're getting greater investment, yeah, in in the world, I think I've found that i uh, I want that investment to come more subliminally and naturally, i e uh similar to like how i could draw the map of dark souls
0: yeah because yeah. of
1: the way it's designed the way landmarks work the just familiarity because mm-hmm. the moments there are so strong that it leaves an impression to me yeah that it becomes more than just about like the hallways and wireframe mm-hmm. of it uh i want a map to be subconsciously psychically imprinted on me mm-hmm. and if you're not going to do that i don't want to get out a pad and paper yeah um it, or, it, it, or go to the other side of the screen in, in the Adrian Odyssey <laughs> approach.
0: <laughs> right, it is. It is something that I've definitely you know that that I have enjoyed in the past. I mean, second EverQuest reference, but like uh, playing EverQuest specifically before the um, oh gosh, Lost Dungeons, uh, Lost Dungeons of Norath expansion. You know where they added a specific cartography kind of kind of system where it uh, maps mm-hmm. stuff for you, like. You know, it was fun to like go into like go to Alakazam.com, you know, like a like a precursor to a wiki almost, and like print out the maps for the different zones and like, you know, mark them up myself, uh, so I could remember like where different quest areas were. Like there was a skill in game for your character called sense heading. That you, uh, that Mm -hmm. you had to do, like you didn't have a compass, like you could buy one or have someone craft one for you, but like there was just a, a macro you could bind or, you know, to, to use this skill, uh, that would say, okay, you are facing North, you're facing South, you're facing West. And it was, uh, unreliable depending on how much you skilled that up, you know? (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh which is a really interesting approach and like one of my favorite game books is the everquest At- atlas which has these just very beautifully drawn maps of the areas again put out before they just kind of built the maps into the game uh along with uh kind of like descriptions of like the lore for that particular area and you know the th- 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 things of that nature right i like all yeah. of that but that is like relegated to a time in my past and i'm i'm amenable to the idea that like you know, drawing stuff out helps you internalize it. I've had to force myself to start typing notes for the show mm-hmm. p- pretty much just because of time. Because writing things down physically helps me remember them better, but it was taking so much time to transcribe the notes that it was just easier mm-hmm. for me to make the outlines as I go. So I'm amenable to the idea that you get an intimacy from uh, from drawing your own map. But like the, the breaking the rhythm, unless I am sitting at a computer and like specifically in a mode to be making those notes with my little graph paper pad, uh, it is not something that I the, 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 that I seek out anymore it
1: it feels like to me like a lot of those uh older style games like that that intimacy that you're getting from hand making a map can be achieved now elsewise mm-hmm. you know like at a time uh that is what would make something like um the gold box games yeah. feel really immersive right mm-hmm. like you're you're saying down you're making this map and i i get the idea of wanting to recapture that mechanically as kind of a novelty mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there is a little bit. There is at least a little bit of truth to. I don't think this is saying I would stand by a hundred percent. But there's a little bit of truth to the idea that you had to have that external rounding because the spaces were so anonymous because of the technology at the time.
0: Because of the tile set, yeah,
1: yeah, because you know, that that's all it was. And the the other half of it is that it was hearkening back to tabletop mm-hmm. gaming. Like if I'm doing you know, playing D and D I don't mind making a map because I have a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there like I'm here for three hours. I'm, I've got, I'm going to be doodling anyway. Mm-hmm. May as well be sketching out a map. That's useful. Yeah. i been playing a video game. I, I think that I have gotten to the point now where I want less space between incident.
0: Yeah. In yeah.
1: kind of a general sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ties into this. And I, I recognize that this is just my preference. Like this isn't a a virtue in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's also not just a thing that comes with age because Jeremy Parrish is, is older than I am. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy Parrish loves making maps. Yeah. Like he recaptures that feeling and he likes doing
0: it. Yeah. He brings Um, an artistry to it as well. Like I, there there was that one year at PRG where he was doing a fazanadu cartography stream. It was neat watching him do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, he's published. Like you can get like posters Mm-hmm. of those maps because they're they're like fun little drawings yeah. you know and i and i get that like that you know i i understand how that could be appealing for me it's just not how these spaces like that's not how their holiness seeps into my life yeah yeah like, even even spaces that are have that anonymity like something like a super metroid mm-hmm. which is like a holy gaming space doesn't uh i don't you know that the mapping part of it is not what gives it that magic mm-hmm. to me
0: yeah. No. Yeah. And it, it 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 is it is nice to have all of that there. You know what you know what game had a really good mapping system that I'm sure people who really cared about making their own would turn off and have just as good of a time. But I'm happy hmm. the developers gave it. Uh Legend of Grimrock two. Oh, yeah. That was like the perfect, yeah. you know, you like, you like just, yes, it, it it'll it map the walls for you and stuff. And you can go in and leave your own annotations. Like that was a very good way to, uh, to kind of like, uh, approximate the, the, the old feeling while still giving you, uh, while still, while still, still giving you what you needed to play the game, um, in a, uh, you know, streamlined and mm-hmm. sensible way. Yeah. Well,
1: the, the elephant in the room as well is that it's much harder to do these in 3D spaces. Yes. Yeah. You know, nobody has done a, a self-mapping game that, like, you wouldn't make a Metroid Prime that resolved it, that.
0: You no, know, no. Self-mapping. You you would have to uh, do it like a like like a, re- a relational map, almost like a um, like a like a mind uh, mind map kind of thing, where you're doing nodes and nodes and branches and stuff. More than anything. yeah, no.
1: The, uh, you know, so, so part of it is that it's an inherently retro idea yeah. and that's why I think it fits into and Odyssey as, as a throwback dungeon crawler, mm-hmm. uh, kind of game. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that the, the fact that it had the map and did that work for you is probably a big reason why Grimrock lands so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to make my own map in Grimrock too, I probably would not have liked it as much. Yeah. You know, uh, even though, though those spaces don't feel anonymous to me, I can, you know, could probably picture and get a good sense, like a mental map yeah. of it, but it would make back backtracking horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just something that I, I, I understand the appeal of, but it's a, a throwback like sicko thing that I just don't, I can't care <laughs> about
0: anymore. I'm just a sicko about different stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I was thinking about it in, in terms of grime, mm-hmm. right? Um, or like any of the 2d, uh, souls, like that was a big problem I had with salt and sanctuary, yes. you know, or I think about grime or hollow Knight, where there is a map, but they make you work for it mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I do you know, I, I think that you and I land in similar places in that with grime where it's like going and hunting down the node or whatever to give us the map was not mm-hmm. inherently a fun activity. It felt good when I got it. Yeah. But it's like the difference between an empowering thing versus the game creating a problem and then wanting you to be grateful when it way <laughs> around it.
0: Yeah, it's you like know? uh it's it's like thanking somebody for saving your life because they chose not to push you over a ledge. Yes. Yeah.
1: Which, which is a huge paradise killer thing. Like I understand <laughs> that's a weird thing to be related, but that's how I felt about all the movement
0: upgrades. Yeah.
1: And Paradise Killer like this fucking sucks to get around. Oh, if I go jump through these hoops it doesn't suck anymore. <laughs> like it it just felt like getting back to zero. It didn't feel like a fun empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: So I mean, but as far as maps and stuff go, I mean just even here in my office over to my right I've got the uh I've got uh printed out uh not even printed out, I bought this at a show. I've got Final Fantasy 6, The World of Balance and World of Ruin maps uh displayed mm-hmm. here. Uh, over to my left, it's not so much a map, but it is a uh, kind of like a recreation, a hand drawing of uh, the Marble Madness, like crazy race. Uh, like out in my living room, I've got the Stardew Valley Pelican uh, Town map uh, kind of deal. I love maps as like poster art, as uh, things that you would put up um, to yeah, remind I, me I of I like fantasy them world stuff. Quite a bit, yes.
1: You know, just functionally is where I, I run it's into it. it's like where I it ends up have... being a problem. Yeah. I bought, um, back in the day before this would be very expensive, when I first moved out here, I bought from eBay a box of NES and SNES maps from eBay, and I put up the entire wall behind my computer uh, as a mosaic of all of them. Hmm. So it was like Illusion of Gaia and Star Tropics and like every game, basically, from those two, you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo that had a map. Yeah. I had a copy of that map. Uh, and just head up on the wall and it was aesthetically like extremely pleasing.
0: Mm-hmm. If you were you referencing know? those to get around to remember, OK, like uh, where do I have to use the this particular drill that I got in Master Blaster? <laughs> like, yes, yeah, that, yeah. that would suck. That would that would be terrible. You know? Yeah.
1: When, when I played uh, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, I also took the map from the strategy guides and put them up over my monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was really useful. Same. But that function has been subsumed by having a second monitor now.
0: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, like, I still
1: just have the map up. I just, you know, the functional part of this is never going to be fun for me. Yeah. It is purely aesthetics. Like it, mm-hmm. maps have become divorced from, from the yeah. game itself.
0: Be- because technologically we have found a way to solve the problem. And anything that goes backwards is an intentional withholding of a solution yeah. to us. Yeah.
1: and th- And that's not appealing to me. Yep. In a general sense, like I, I, I don't want to be a ludite for this stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, no judgment for people who do.
0: No, no. You know, That's... there's a
1: reason why those *Etrian Odyssey* games are so popular. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're tapping into something I just don't own anymore. Yeah. Can you think of like a friction thing that you used to like that now you do not like <sighs> in games?
0: I think of a I think of a game uh, put up like the Morrowind dialogue system to me right now. I would say get the fuck out of here with that.
1: <laughs> the Morrowind or the Oblivion one?
0: Uh, the, the 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 Morrowind one uh, specifically, where like most of it is is uh, uh, like a lot of topics where it's just random. I mean, it, like everybody just shares responses to the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah and like it's you know it's real tough like finding unique text for that particular person and it's hard to like identify important uh um you know important npcs based on it uh it's incredibly neat at the time and of like i went back to morrowind i know enough about that world and about those npcs that it would be comforting to me um but uh like if, it, if i had to use something with that much uh, if i had to use a dialogue system with that much chaff built into it uh at the at the current time that would be a real bummer uh to me uh oblivion's yeah. dialogue system i don't remember being a huge problem i know it's persuasion like the um uh charisma game that you play in that is dumb as hell but i don't i don't see that as like dialogue that's just a little lock pick a little lock that you have to pick to make somebody say to, to make somebody agreeable to you
1: yeah yeah it's the dumbest thing in the world but i yeah. i find it charming now because it's so fucking stupid. Oh yeah. The, the persuasion game
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the, yeah, that, that's a that's a good one. I don't want to have a, a generic, have to sift through generic responses. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked that that much at the time mm-hmm. because, you know, games like, like fallout one.
0: Yeah. we not
1: doing that. Right. You know, at the, at the time, like individual, if there was an named NPC, they had bespoke dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that Morrowind just, it was a problem of scale and Bethesda thing. Yeah. For that. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I I just want the map. I've gotten to the point now where like if a quest doesn't uh, like I don't mind a game that doesn't have quest markers Mm -hmm. Uh, if it is. But I think that carries a responsibility. Yeah. You know, like if that doesn't if the the geography is not readable and with like good landmarks, Mm -hmm. then I get really frustrated by that as well. Yeah. And I'm not bothered by quest markers the same way that a lot of people are. Yeah. That has become an ease of use thing that I'm like, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't I understand the argument against it. Mm-hmm. Um and it, you know, becomes this like just point towards the compass point and, and tell game go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I, I, I will put down I want to be able to put down a game for a week and forget what I'm doing and then just click the the dead space
0: button to yep. show me where to go. Yeah. And I think that you know I, I can understand complaints about those, but there are so many things that developers can do to add incident between those, to draw mm-hmm. you off of the path and like make the space in between them. Uh, interesting to navigate that actually like knowing, know, knowing which direction you need to, you need to head doesn't like rob you of interesting experience, interesting experiences that you would find looking for it. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and, uh, I think that people, when they complain about those, they sometimes like to pretend, that the games in question have, uh, really complicated spaces.
0: Not really. And, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Like in, in something like a dead space, like at best in any zone, I have four different directions to go to mm-hmm. and two or three of them will be closed off Yeah, in any given room, you know? So having the, like you basically already have the, the quest marker. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of the video game heuristic of in a limited space, you move forward.
0: Yeah. I forget what you know? game we we, we we made this point, um or here here it was very recent for us. Uh, which means it was potentially in the past two years, but uh, we 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 kind of said that it's nice having the ability to display what the critical path is, so we can explore more, not less, right? In so, singularity, yeah, yeah. So like, oh. okay, I I know that that's roughly where I need to head, so I can confidently go look everywhere, everywhere else, knowing that I'm not going to accidentally like trip the next cutscene that'll lock me into it and lock me off of all this stuff. Um, I yeah. can what, I can know what is what is the side and then yeah I'm going to go explore more yeah
1: and and that was less immersive and less realistic but I didn't care because what I bought with that currency was more important than what I paid for it. yes I my, my principles were not going to get in the way of my practical no experience. You know, and and I am as I've gotten older, I have become a less principled gamer <laughs> in that respect. Like I am more interested in joy on the ground yeah. than I am, you know, a, a, a joy in the hands is worth two theoretically. Yeah, that I no. might. Get.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I can I can listen to the notes the game is, I'm playing at home.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, and I don't feel that way about every single thing, and I don't disparage anyone who doesn't feel that way. It just kind mm-hmm. of. trajectory i've gone on yeah
0: i mean Mm. and the 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 solution ultimately is options if you don't want quest markers uh then turn them off if you want them Mm -hmm. leave them on it's fine (laughs) like the the (laughs) uh, options help everybody it didn't get tons of
1: attention but bioshock giving you the ability to turn off the vita chambers Mm -hmm. was really good yes like i we've talked about this a lot in terms of cheats and talked about challenge discourse but i do not buy the like the option to turn the thing off is too much of a temptation and that people will use it and rob themselves mm-hmm. like i think that's that's patronizing no yeah. uh in in a real extreme kind of way and as consumers and rational actors we can be trusted to choose the right experience for us for mm-hmm. ourselves like in, empower yourself enough to to trust yourself to make decisions. Yeah. And not have to have an outside force yeah, do it for you.
0: Don't uh don't manufacture a moral hazard uh yes. b- based on these small things. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's so much in real life that matters. Yeah. Just <laughs> start thinking of like, oh, it's a coward, you know, you're a coward if you use auto map.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, then people fucking die. Like, let's not use the language of this.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it mm-hmm. all, it all comes back. It all comes back to gatekeeping. It, uh, yeah.
1: It, exactly. Like, gatekeeping and, and, and specifically patronizing. Yep. Like, just the idea that, like, I need to, con- I think this would be the best uh, experience for people. So I am going to choose it. Yes. For them. Yep. Uh, that sucks. Yep. Have some more trust for people.
0: So I, agreed
1: yeah nice um yeah uh, thank you for the topic.
0: Thank you, Popo, for show show
1: mm-hmm um, let's move on to listener responses.
0: Let's do uh I'll get us started here with Alex with uh, left for dead two responses. Uh, who says via contact uh, in the dark carnival campaign. If you play the shooting gallery and receive a certain score, you can win a garden gnome. Like a few other valve games, there's an achievement for bringing him to the chopper at the concert finale. So when my friends and I play together, we'll assign as a designated gnome bearer. Uh, It is their duty to ensure that little buddy makes it to the end with us. A run through Dark Carnival just isn't complete without our fifth survivor friend. Had a lot of fun playing with the community on the Duckfeed server. Thanks for making that opportunity available. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's a couple of different mini games you can do uh with that, that I forgot. Like there's a um a bell ringing like strength game that when you have adrenaline. Oh. Like you win if <laughs> I remember right. Um there's a couple of different like things you can do in that in the the midway.
0: Yeah. Uh, god dark carnival yeah. such a good uh, good campaign great map yeah
1: great map yeah uh tom says via contact between Left 4 Dead, Portal, and Amnesia the Dark Descent, I learned a lot from listening to dev commentaries. The design sensibility of these games is very clear after hearing those. And I have to be honest, Left 4 Dead 2 has ruined a lot of games for me. Instead of dealing with bright yellow ledges, or Mirror's, edge red, mirror's Edge's red pathing, that's weirdly hard to say, <laughs> uh, I wish the games would follow this idea. Use environmental details to show the path to the player. I can draw a direct line to how I figure out how to get through No Mercy, and my love of immersive, immersive sims authored spaces are always are and always will have a special place in my heart for how they make exploration worthwhile. I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but every time I hear procedurally generated, I feel like more people need to play Left 4 Dead 2.
0: I said this in the episode but when we were to, when we were talking about kind of the, the 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 genius of the way that they indicate which way you need to go in in Left 4 Dead 2. Um you don't want to say that there are no other solutions to the problems that like everybody should mm-hmm. do it the same way. However, because Valve had, has so thoroughly solved the, you know, the pathfinding in a subtle kind of way, it is frustrating when other studios don't don't uh just use that as a baseline, right? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. like we 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 know how to we, we know how to direct people's eyes. Like it's right there. You can choose to deviate from it, but like do it intentionally, please.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. If you if you choose to break the rules, have it be for a reason. Yeah. Um, and we, we also talked about this in the body of this episode. Like proc gen should not be used for that kind of game. Yes. You know, like proc gen can be really powerful and good mm-hmm. uh if it is used in the right type of game.
0: Yes. Apply it correctly, but not not this type of game. Yeah. Um, Cinder writes via contact. You mentioned the jukebox that you can find in the waterfront level, along with several Midnight Rider songs and The Saints Will Never Come. Uh, you can also play Still Alive from Portal One. Still Alive was, of course, sung by uh, uh, GLaDOS actress Ellen uh, but composed by singer-songwriter Jonathan Colton. Uh, another song you can hear on the jukebox is Colton's comedy song, "Re your brains, uh, which will activate a zombie horde when played. I was already a huge fan of Jonathan Colton even before playing portal in 2007 and "Re your brains used in a Shaun of the dead fan video, uh, was the first song of his I ever heard. So discovering it in left for dead 2 is a really fun gaming memory for me.
1: What is that guy up to now? I don't know. You hear about I'm, Jonathan Coulton anymore? He I'm, I'm quiet, sure he
0: quietly went away. I'm sure he's doing doing shows for dedicated fans. I don't I, I don't know that he still does the cruise. I think that maybe the past couple of years have made the cruise uh, pretty tough. I don't mm. I don't yeah. pay attention to him. I I've only liked one song of his, uh, Nemesis, that he did with. Uh, well, people know him as Bean Dad now, but Bean it was Dad. a duet with uh, yeah, with. Father. Yeah, Beanfather, uh, but uh, with John John Roderick, that's a that's a good and catchy song. But I have not sought out Jonathan Colton, so I don't know. I don't know. We did not too.
1: Yeah, I, I am allergic to gaming novelty music. Yeah, so so no judgment, but it's just it's never never been for me. Yeah. When I, I love Still Alive, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know when that came out, um, but it's it, when I went then to listen to more Jonathan Colton music, it just felt like, you know, acoustic guitar music with about nerd stuff. Yeah. So it yeah. goes into the nerd rap
0: <laughs> hole for me, which is yeah. a,
1: a, not a hole I I hang out by. There are other holes. It's
0: uh I it's it, it it is a it is a nice fun and, and joke for for fans to put those songs on that jukebox.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh Jade says via contact. When I found out Valve was making a co-op zombie shooter, I knew I was going to like it, but I didn't think I would play it consistently for three years. Most of my time with Left 4 Dead 2 was actually credited to the tacked on versus mode, which is deceptively deep. The IA director keeps every match different and somewhat at the mercy of RNG, but in versus mode, there are so many little tricks and opportunities for mastery, such as learning wall kicks as the hunter, or how to get the most distance out of your rocket boom, or knowing all of the best death charge spots. The way each special infected can assist or hurt each other adds another layer of strategy. For example, spitting on a charged survivor is always going to result in a good amount of damage to the survivor, but conversely, as a spitter, you generally don't want to spit on a smoker's prey due to how many iframes a survivor gets when they're being freed. Despite playing uh, so long, I never got really good. My biggest weakness was playing as the charger. I developed a reputation with my friends as being the guys who would whiff even at the easiest to land charges, which added more pressure whenever charger came around and <laughs> resulted in me choking even worse. Eventually, everyone started referring to the act of missing a charge as a lid charge. Mm. Lid being my Steam name. Left 4 Dead 2 deserves to be touted as one of Valve's highest achievements, in my opinion. It's not as original or elegant as Portal, perhaps, but it has personality and spades, and the versus mode provides gameplay mechanics that are just as novel. Thanks for covering one of my favorite games, and great work you two, uh, the great work you guys put into the show. Big fan from Texas.
0: I think Jade was the person who uh, um, sponsored that episode, if I I am not Mm -hmm. uh, mistaken.
1: I believe so as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very welcome. Thank Mm -hmm. you for, for the support. Yeah. It was fun to, uh, to think critically about the way those uh, stages are put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I apologize for being distracted. Pocket is acting up. Oh, uh, just throwing that out there. This is generally he's about just, the he time
0: really? he starts doing that. Yeah.
1: yeah. He he's just like, has been kind of a pill yeah. the last couple of days. There's <laughs> a lot of running around and whining and like yeah. making noise and wanting attention and then not really doing anything when he gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just I uh, I don't know what's going on, don't know a, it may be the I, I the the fell away charges that I have are running low, so I might need to change the fell away,
0: oh yeah yeah the, the, the fill the, the air the, with
1: like kitty calmmacules
0: yeah the 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 calm cat zone uh has uh yeah. has has faded. you need to uh re- reinvoke reinvoke the spell
1: i I think I need to cast yeah. an, another casting of sanctuary <laughs> uh, <laughs> pocket, but he's just man. He's yeah. been we a real douchebag the last couple days. Yeah. I love him dearly. He's, you know, <laughs> he's family, but like, Jesus yeah. Christ, pocket.
0: D- Dottie, Dottie has taken to uh, uh, laying down in inconvenient places for me specifically, so I will pick her up and put her somewhere else, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's learned more of those.
1: She wants that little ride.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, someday i would like to be picked up and put somewhere
0: <laughs> as a grown adult man
1: yeah, that, like, he's never respected me
0: <laughs> like a big boy
1: like, don't you think it'd be kind of nice yeah like, like yeah. how it picked up not how like if you were to pick me up it would hurt my armpits probably you know, yeah but like if if somebody like if gwendolyn
0: yeah you know we're, so we're, it, or, or it, it, uh, guinevere yeah it, it, it's 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 frustrating because if you go if you want to look for this all you get is giant is born and i don't want it to be yeah. sexual you know no, i just I want, want
1: to be put into a big
0: bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and tucked in i want to be given yeah. an airplane ride come on
1: yeah and, and then and then just like they'll like, put to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! Uh, let's move on to Stardew, Stardew Valley responses. Uh, as kind of expected, we we got a lot of responses about Stardew Valley. I had to cut a lot of them, but I really appreciate all of you writing them in. Um, I I uh, in making the choices kind of a uh, kind of chose for variety on uh, on on some of these. So uh, do not take it personally if we left you out, uh, Abram. Uh, writes in V.A. saying, I've invested a mirror, and mirrors in mirrors and quotes, 50 hours into Stardew Valley, but I enjoyed the experience. I wanted to raise my voice as one of those weirdos who loves the fishing. The minigame itself is okay, but I love the explore- exploration of assessing the different habitats and imagining the life cycles of these fish. It's a biological puzzle uh, and, as, and is as close uh, as games come to my interest in animals. I absolutely eat, uh, eat this up in games and I'm a notable fan of animal crossings and final fantasy 15s fishing as well
1: yeah i i, I, I did not mind the fishing in in stardew valley mm-hmm. uh but i i yeah good good perspective yeah
0: i just yeah. It, so, some sometimes what you bring to a game will make you uh appreciate appreciate different stuff than other folks you know i am i am, mm-hmm. I am, I am uh, maybe uh, based on what I have heard, I am maybe uh, uh more hostile than the average user uh, to the fishing and stardew so
1: well, i and I appreciate that it did more with the mini game than just tap the button at the right time.
0: yes, yeah,
1: which is what most fishing minigames are and has captured a universe's like nostalgia for some reason
0: yeah, yeah, like
1: people want there to be fishing in in every video game and it's mm-hmm. basically just to like tap the button in time.
0: God, I just, I just want a I want an iOS version of them fishing from Breath of Fire 3. It's so good. I don't yeah. remember what that what that is. I'm sure I played it, but yeah, it's 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 more in depth um than even uh, Stardew Valley's. Uh but also like having just that by itself would be a little bit weird because the, the thing is you get more powerful pickups to use um than you yeah, can you buy. For, for yeah you trade yeah. time instead of money. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um Matt says via contact. My playthrough of Stardew Valley taught me a practical lesson in ecological stewardship and preservation. When I started, I picked the farm uh, type that was heavily wooded. This gave a first impression that trees and lumber would be nearly infinite resources. Since that farm required a lot of land clearing, I made it a priority to chop down every tree in my land. As I was given the options to build my farm structure, I was able to do so very easily due to my overabundance of lumber. As the game progressed, I needed more and more lumber, uh, and I needed more and more lumber. I had to go further and farther from my farm to find trees. Uh, My clear cutting mentality meant that there were no trees left to sprout new trees in the area I had been. I eventually chopped down basically every tree I could find, and my lumber production screeched to a stop. There were no more trees left, and none had been growing in my wake. I eventually had to painstakingly regrow my forest from scratch, which was considerably more effort than letting them propagate naturally. If I had just acted with a little foresight and not acted so greedily, I would have progressed at a nice and steady pace. Instead, I acted like everything needed to be built yesterday and ended up only hurting myself. Anyway, no real life lessons or anything to be drawn from here, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's probably there's probably nothing there. Let's go ahead and just uh, delete this one off of the list. Yeah,
1: very loreaxy.
0: <laughs>
1: very, very, very twiceler. <laughs> um, I,
0: I, I love this. I, I, I like it because this game was not, met, you know, designed to teach that lesson, but the fact that it punished you, uh, so thoroughly for being short sighted, I think, is a really, uh, uh, nice emergent story, uh, based on this.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting how it it punished because it 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 kind of just like spread out the waiting time. Like you had to wait all at once for everything to regrow rather than wait in small increments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being more moderate with Mm -hmm. your harvest.
0: Yeah. So Uh, like you you were just kind of like mortgaging your future a little bit, but like if you just let the, uh, if you just let the acorns fall, or you know the equivalent fall and then just naturally propagate you can get an awful lot of uh like you can really increase your throughput by just cutting down half of the trees and only clearing enough uh for them you know for the new ones to grow for the new shoots to grow
1: yeah yeah it yeah it's straight it's smoothed out the curve
0: yeah 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 Um, love that story. Uh, Matt says VA contact Stardew Valley is a bit of an odd duck for me. I bought it, uh, when it first released on Xbox, put about two hours in into it and got distracted by the next shiny thing. Never looking back that said deep in a pandemic depression in December, I decided to boot it up and give it another go cut to the end of February when I'd logged nearly 100 hours on my farm. It became a minor obsession talking with friends about it, consulting wikis, getting my wife hooked as well. The fever eventually broke, uh, but even with that much time logged in, I felt as though I'd barely scratched the surface. I don't know if I'll ever return to idyllic Sammy Valley Farm, uh, or my beautiful wife Abigail and our beloved son, what's his name, uh, but I'll always cherish it for helping me cope during a particularly difficult chapter in an already difficult time. I uh, can't wait to hear the game get a waft treatment. Thanks for all you do. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Me too. Yeah, nothing really to add.
0: Yeah. Um that, uh, that's the,
1: this and Animal Crossing were the pandemic yeah. games for a lot of people.
0: Uh and that is so valuable. Uh just uh, just a uh, treasure that it was it that it was there for that many people when they needed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh Andrew says via contact. One of the ways Stardew Valley uh stuck with me, surprisingly, is its realistic depiction of one aspect of being in a gay relationship. While most of the dating side of the game is firmly in the vein of every love interest is bi and there's no issue, which I think is a good way to go, this takes a different turn if your male character marries Alex, the jock. If you do, George's grandfather often makes comments about your relationship being unnatural, but once you get to know George better, he comes around saying... I'll admit I thought it was strange for two men to be together but you're such a nice young man and I know you two are in love I've changed my mind This realistic depiction of homophobia within a family and how it can soften with familiarity struck me as very real and not something often represented in games or media in general and having this little bit of friction in a game that doesn't have much of it made this moment extra meaningful to me
0: yeah that's a that's a gamble uh, to put that in to have uh, to have homophobia uh, in the game that you might not see resolved because th- people might actually read that as, as authorial intent to put that there.
1: Especially like, in if you have the silent protagonist, like you can't, like you can, tell <laughs> you, the you can argue back. Anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's,
1: there's, it's not a game with role-playing choices. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you know, you, you, you play a cypher
0: Yeah.
1: in in the game. So it, it's not like you can argue back or he's talking about you. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, uh, so it, it's it's it is it is is definitely risky. Yeah, and I'm glad they they address it at least a little bit, like having a little bit of teeth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think is 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 a is a nod towards, if not like verisimilitude, like incident.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. as
1: and as opposed to the perfectly smooth relationship curves of the game. Yeah, like generally, yeah. you know. Uh, that is that is a good little bit,
0: yeah, there's I a agree. there's a response a little bit later that deals with some of the same subject subject matter that uh, uh takes a different view on it so uh oh. put but uh gonna put that topic to the to to the side just for a bit until we get to that one a couple down mm mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Grefter writes via contact. I was really glad to hear you reference how this is in the same oeuvre as the Sims, uh, and that it can serve as an anxiety or depression game. Uh, at release, this was exactly both of those as well. I don't quite hit the industrialization as hard as Cole described, uh, but I do get a lot out of large crops and manually watering them. Uh, In an unsurprising statement, the multiplayer makes it an amazing hangout game. But also as someone that lives far from family, uh, who also have shared anxiety and depression, it is capable of being a rare mix of both of them. Uh, It has been a real big help for me to hang out with family members uh, with the same brain worms uh, and just sort of be able to do our various tasks. I have a brother uh, who is the mythical person who is just really into the fishing. Uh, This also helps shake me out of the uh, that infinite gray funk that depression can be uh, with another family member disrupting my farms Uh, just a little bit. But that little bit of grumpy because someone picked some of my potatoes uh, for skill ups means so much more uh, than the feeling that is brought by the ending scenes of a game like Arcanum. Uh, also, it feels weird that the fishing doesn't sink its hooks its hooks into either of you, since it's a fairly close port of the fishing from Breath of Fire 3 or 4. Uh, but then that series not really hitting the show means, I suppose, those might not have been uh, uh, quite in your JRPG youths, perhaps. Uh, or the fishing doesn't work uh, then either, which is very fair. Uh, I do see, see earlier, I love the fishing in Breath of Fire 3. I don't see a lot of similarities between the two of them, actually. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Well,
1: they're also, you're going for different things, I think. Yeah. Like, I I think that, like, the, 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 I, you know, as being somebody, as being the person who's not really into fishing or JRPGs, like, Mm -hmm. I can understand the contrast of taking some time to fish. Yeah. In Breath of Fire, because it's, it's a different mode of play. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas Stardew is all harvest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all do something. Mm-hmm. The, to get the thing to get the 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 prod the produce yeah um you know so it get it feels a little bit less contrasty i think mm-hmm. to me i'm searching my memory i I beat arcanum i cannot remember the ending of it to understand what that's referencing yeah i just uh, i i owe that a replay but it's mechanically really rough mm. like it's the kind of thing that would be really fun to talk about on waft but it would also be hateful because it's like it's it's pretty rough
0: yeah mechanically as a game like
1: (laughs) wonderful everything except for Mm -hmm. that yeah um yeah i need to need to relook at the the ending of that and see if i can i can parse that out Mm -hmm. so no
0: no clue haven't played um couldn't say yeah
1: yeah really great soundtrack you'd love the soundtrack i'm sure Uh, it's all string quartet for the whole thing it's like really good Mm. um it has a very strong musical identity yeah um andrew says via contact uh, is it weird that i found stardew valley much more stressful than darkest dungeon i felt the same sort of angst playing it as in real life when i have more things to do than time to do it at least until i got sprinklers and then there wasn't enough for me to do hmm. i'm in awe of the effort it must have took concern to make this and i also think it sucks that his name now sounds like one of those ugly nft cartoon things <laughs> uh it does uh, i just don't think this is to my taste there are four things to do in stardew at least in your first year a plan Uh, press a button in front of a thing, press a button and then do the fishing game or bad Zelda combat. I'm not the kind of Minecraft slash animal crossing gamer who likes planning an impressive digital visual presentation and performing low complexity, repetitive tasks just to let my mind wander to the bad thoughts rather than providing me the relaxing experience. It seems to give others. I'm happy so many people have gotten so much joy out of this game. I didn't hate my time with it, but I was also very ready to eject it by the time I reached my first winter. At least it doesn't have a real-time clock like Animal Crossing, which stressed me out even more, as I literally had to fit an extra activity into my literal human days or my island would get too many rocks or whatever.
0: You don't want all those I, rocks. I, <laughs>
1: I find that aspect of Animal Crossing wretched.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: like, like, I have to do this chore every day in real life.
0: Yeah, or all Or of the my... game
1: is going to neg me
0: yeah all all of these uh piece of shit piece of shit neighbors will be just really passive aggressive like oh look who decided to show up
1: it it is hard for like there are a lot of games i don't get Mm -hmm. uh animal crossing is really up there and and every once in a while I get the thought where I'm like, everybody I know loves this. Maybe I should give this another try. I've tried and it. And every so many time times. I play it, it's a really annoying chore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have I I I have given Animal Crossing specifically uh way more chances, way more benefit out of the doubt. And it is just not for me.
1: Yeah. And that's it is, fine. Uh it is yeah. Uh the yeah. the stress versus darkest dungeon. I think this is Andrew from the Slack. And mm-hmm. we were there was discussion about this in the Slack as like people like I can't believe that's the weirdest thing anyone's ever said. Mm. But it's the stress of like having too many things to do. Yeah. Not the stress of a deadline. Like there are fail conditions in Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. There aren't fail conditions in Stardew Valley. Yeah. But at the same time, like just having an infinite array of options is stressful
0: yeah there's a fear of missing out to the way stardew is put together and the limited time and the fact that it is always ticking down uh taking you through and if that reminds you too much of things that have a negative association with your association with your real life i would never ask somebody to expose themselves to that if it if it wigged them out yeah
1: yeah it's just an interesting way that different kinds of things will enact stress yeah in different people like a fail state in a game feels fake to me Mm -hmm. just inherently yeah i don't i don't care about me dying or things dying in a game. Yeah. You know, like that does not stress me out. Things that stress me out are, uh, like FOMO or wasting time. Yeah. Will stress me out. Uh, like a life in a game it was really interesting. Uh, I someday we got to get you until dawn yeah. on the show, because I, I was talking about that with will and will plays that as a goal oriented game. It is a game about making the kids survive. Right. And I play that game as a, how can I make the coolest horror movie? I can
0: yeah, yeah, and that's what I lean toward in those. Yeah,
1: because they're fake. Mm-hmm. They, they, nobody's dying. You yeah. know, it, it's 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 you know it, it's artifice. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You know, when I think about Darkest Dungeon, like it feels bad to die because it's not the goal of the game. Mm-hmm. but I don't feel the consequence of that doesn't feel real to me.
0: It took playing it, it and covering it for the show to understand just kind of exactly how many safety nets there are for you. The fact that if you lose a character that you put a lot of time into, you don't lose, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to take an equal amount of time to get that, to get somebody back up to replace them, you know? Yeah. Like the, the, the like yeah. the, the, the things tilt in your favor ever more as you, as you go along, you know?
1: It's not quite this, but you could almost say that, like, Darkest Dungeon is a game that presents there being high stakes Mm -hmm. when the stakes are actually lower. And Stardew Valley presents that there are no stakes, you know, through its, like, lack of fail state. But it ends up actually feeling that there are stakes because you have to judge it on a different curve when there's no way to lose. Yeah. Like, losing cannot be part of your your equation and how you think of that game Mm -hmm. since it's not possible. So you have to shunt into other things. Yeah. You
0: know, no, I, I I understand people who uh, see, see Stardew as being stressful either because it reminds them of, of real life or because, you know, there, there are things that you can miss, you know, like what if you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, shit, I didn't get melons or yeah I, didn't buy strawberries. yeah I didn't get melons or strawberries F- fucking i guess i gotta wait till next summer to get the to, to finish out that bundle like and that and yeah. that and that bumps back a ton of other stuff because i'm not gonna get the not gonna get the greenhouse you know at, at that yep. particular time like that feels bad you know you know and that's part of why you, you 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 plan so heavily if you're trying to you know play stardew as a as a goal as a goal focused game yeah i i, I, well, I totally and- get it
1: and the way that the game doesn't tell you that stuff and wants you like the, the intended purpose of the game is to fail that the first time around, mm-hmm. because nothing tells you like, Hey, make sure you, like, it can, it can say like, you're going to need strawberries, but you don't know the context for that. Right. You don't know if that's going to show up as a seed in the store. You don't know what that's going to cost. You don't know how to get that, you know, um, without looking up in a guide ends up like changing the way that that feels Mm-hmm. You know so it's it simultaneously matters and doesn't matter, yeah, that you don't get the strawberry mm-hmm. there um in general I th- I'm warmer on it than than Andrew is, but I also you know eventually got bored, yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as reductive as it, as it does to Andrew, but I also didn't feel like the systems were deep enough to <laughs> me of those four things. the plan is the best one, everything yeah. else I think can kind of rot a yeah. little bit like, there's nothing to it yeah. um yeah, so. Put me somewhere between a corn and Andrew on that
0: one. <laughs> uh, I think this is me. Uh, Jay says after listening to your episode on Stardew Valley, I re-downloaded the game to check whether or not my previous feelings about it remained true. And yep, turns out I simply can't enjoy Stardew at all. It was a little tricky to figure out why. It's a surprisingly uh, it is a surprisingly deep make your own fun experience with enough weirdo components uh, that I should have been able to dig it. Uh, but I eventually put my finger on the on the reason, and an episode of Abject Suffering you guys you guys, uh, you guys put out helped me do so. For me, Stardew is about knowing in total detail the obligations of tomorrow. My parsnips will be will, will need watering. Uh, I've got to get to floor eighty of the dungeon before my energy runs out. Uh, I had better sort of birthday gifts for the next three months, or these tiny pixel people will be mad at me. I am sure cooler people than myself can play these games as freewheeling jazz farmers indulging One, two, their...
1: three, four. <laughs> We're the <freewheeling> jazz farmers
0: <laughs> <laughs> indulging their whims and simply enjoying themselves day by day not me. Modern life has trained my brain to see lists of tasks as true obligations, requiring both urgent attention and a constant burn of mental overhead to ensure everything is in order well ahead of time. And hence, Stardew is pure chore to me and the opposite of chill. Each 10 minutes ticking by is 10 minutes less that I'll have the season uh, to sort some stupid shit for grandpa, etc., uh, thanks again for your thoughtful coverage and here's to worrying less.
1: Yeah, fascinating the way that this is like just the most relaxing thing in the world. Like so much so that it's medicinal in a <laughs> pandemic yep. for some. And then for other people, it's just like, this, oh shit, another thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, oh no, it's today. Have to do this on top
1: of everything else. Fuck.
0: <laughs> oh man. No. Yeah, uh, but that that that's well put. like uh, constantly knowing what uh, uh what is on on the plate for tomorrow. Uh, you know, it might just it might just remind yeah. you of too much too much of your own stuff to want to retreat to it in a world. And making it system based where it's going to
1: follow rules reminds me of, you know, a big reason why people play games in general and like the big appeal of the Sims, right? Like it's yeah. it's a a sensible meritocracy in the way the world isn't. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, so in Stardew, you're like, I know how I, I have this task list. I know what I need to do tomorrow. The second part of that that's silent is if I do that, then success. Yes. If I do that, then I am good and things go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how real life works. No, no. You know, whatsoever. So like it's, you know, either reminds you too much of of the dark real life version of it or, you know, it, it's a, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it feels good because it follows rules. Yeah. Did, I'm sure we talked about it in the episode. It's so funny to me that the f- closest thing to a fail condition is the ghost of your grandpa telling you he's disappointed in you. <laughs> in that game. If that was done intentionally, like if they played that up a little bit more for humor, uh huh. I, I that would have like. I, I would be very happy i, I was go- gonna say raised the game like a letter grade but i don't know what i would give it because i feel so conflicted from the game right right but like that's so funny god well- i'm very disappointed in you
0: <laughs> <laughs> and oh just- happy
1: happy birthday have the happy birthday spray <laughs> Racer well, <laughs> for Sprained Krueger.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm oh, very man. disappointed in you. <laughs> well, yeah. I just did thinking think well, you. Fuck off, Ghost Grandpa. <laughs> think you how amazing it would yeah. be. You know, you 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 have the uh you have the first two years or whatever to get it right. And if you disappoint Grandpa, he just kind of like hangs around and makes passive aggressive remarks when you're doing the wrong yeah. stuff. Like, or, oh, like brings
1: locusts to your farm. <laughs> you're like, what if that's when it got. Yeah. Into fail big fail condition, like it turned into frost punk. <laughs> as soon as your grandpa showed up, and oh, I was like God. you didn't do the right things. Like, uh, your know, your wife dies in childbirth.
0: Yeah, just just all of a you sudden know, you, you you go out to you go out to till the fields, and it's the the dirt's just full of rocks. I was like, God yeah, damn it! You,
1: you you put the hoe down, and the blood starts coming up from there. <laughs> you chop the trees down, and there's bones. Yeah, And, them, you know, just grandpa just curses the shit out of it. Uh huh. Incredible. I gotta yeah. remake. I gotta do the mod, like the Dark Grandpa mod <laughs> from the Dark <laughs> Grandpa. D- d- yeah, just, d-
0: just Pelican Town turns into the collective farm from Satan Tango. <laughs> yeah, it's like, somebody somebody Love comes it. in promising, uh yes, just pull your money. Uh, prosperity awaits us down the road." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the damned are clean. <laughs> Says Grandpa. Oh God! Uh,
1: written in blood on the community center walls. <laughs>
0: i love it please make a mod like that
1: ah that is a fun like just a real long con pony island kind of thing (laughs) um to unlock the real game you have to fail grandpa over the course of a svelte 50 hour two-year game
0: (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) when that's when the blight sets in (laughs) yeah
1: it becomes final fantasy 14 that's when it gets good (laughs) you you only have to put in like a full week's worth of work And
0: (laughs) and then and then and then you're golden
1: yeah uh is this me? Yes, this is me. <clears throat> uh Nathan via contact uh says when I initially played Stardew, I dated the washed up football player Alex with my male farmer. There's a touching moment at the end of his romance arc where he admits he never expected himself to fall in love with a guy, but he's glad it happened. Those themes are barely explored beyond that one line, but the implication that Alex has been struggling with his sexuality always stuck with me. His grandfather also expresses prejudice against you, uh, your same-gender marriage, so I can imagine there's a deeper story about his family left untold. Second time I played, I dated the fan favorite Shane. There's a memorable moment where you go on a date with him to see a football game, and when your team scores, Shane gets so excited that he spontaneously kisses you. I'm sure it's a cute scene regardless of your gender, but for two men to kiss in a traditionally hyper-masculine setting it feels risky and subversive. That said, I'm getting tired of games portraying all romance options as player sexual. If you befriend these characters, there's no hint uh, that they might be gay or bisexual. You have to opt in by initiating the same gender romance. By siloing all queer content, it reinforces the idea that everyone is straight by default and wholly optional queer moments only exist to placate queer audiences. It is a bummer. Here's hoping for more from the chocolate uh, haunted chocolatier.
0: Yeah. Uh, well put. I you know yeah. I, I, I i understand uh you are coming at from that it is difficult for me to have a fully formed opinion because i have no skin in the game uh but i i I jive with what you're saying
1: yeah my my instinct is always that like i don't want to take representation from anybody and i understand the argument that when you are sorry for representation uh there is a lot there are a lot of people for whom any port in a storm yeah is, is how they feel part of me also thinks that what feels more progressive to me is just having there be gay people about who are out and proud mm-hmm. and there being straight people who are not fluid. Like straight people exist. Mm-hmm. I don't need to like do a parade about it, but there are people who would not become gay for Shepherd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, or Dragon Age protagonist or whatever. And just have them all exist and be realistically portrayed because like there are, you know, in me- like media is not real life. Uh, and part of the problem is the idea is that there aren't just like gay people who are just vibing, mm-hmm. you know, and are just gay. Yeah. Uh, you know, how would something, and Stardew isn't necessarily the battlefield that I would choose for it, but like, mm-hmm. what if there were just a couple of gay characters in town? You live in this town of 10 people. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't like either of those characters, like that's a bummer, but it's a realistic bummer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you run into like, uh, the vivisector and Fat from Ecstatics where it's like, you know, they were both gay and they hooked up because that was the option. And then yeah. realized like, yeah, we don't actually like each other. Yeah. You know, like we were just figuring it out. I, I think those kind of stories are more interesting and feel more progressive to me. No, yeah. uh, personally. But again, I don't, it's not, I'm not the audience that's being served by them.
0: Yeah. Then it also becomes it's, it's a question of, want. it be, It becomes a, it becomes a question of, um, whether, whether or not realism serves. Best in, yes. in, in in those instances or if it is if some other goal is is, uh, is being accomplished here you know the fact yeah, that is it, stardew is it, accommodating on options you know having everybody be an option maybe is serving the goal while also being a little bit like retrograde probably in the message that it is unintentionally sending you know i I, I don't know it, it depends on how much
1: you know and again not me. You know, but but somebody who again has more skin in the game, how much they want correction? Yeah, you know, like the idea of just having everybody in this town is bi mm-hmm. is a correction against games where straight was the default yeah. romance option. Mm-hmm. And what you know, Nathan, one of the things that I get from Nathan's response, not putting words in Nathan's mouth, but it is the idea that that is also can kind of loop around.
0: Yeah, and no. be a
1: little bit cloying and and you know, mm-hmm. harmful on its own.
0: Yeah. So, so send, send it, send its own, uh, kind of message. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, ideally after the, after the phase of overcorrection, um, there would settle into kind of a more defined narrative. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the, yeah, yeah, I can get it. I, as, as
1: again, as somebody whose perspective is outside this, just my perspective, like not enforcing this on anybody and I have no control over this. Mm-hmm. Like in my perfect world, LGBTQ plus people would just be in all the roles. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be about any of that stuff, but like we would have gay villains. They wouldn't be queer coded Disney gay villains, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, like something like, I, I feel like as a 201 level lesson of progressivism is that like, sometimes somebody can be from a minority and still be a shitty person. Yes. You know, it's, they don't follow. They're not a shitty person because of that. Mm hmm. But like, you just have to look at, you know, the backlash, like Dan Savage backlash, right? Yeah. Like yeah. as a as a center left hero for for gay rights, and then just see how shitty and transphobic he is. Yeah. You know, he's a gay dude. He also sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know, I eventually there will be enough representation where like we get a gay Luca Blight, yeah. and it won't feel gross because. There are a lot of straight Luka bites, and there are just yeah. incredible, you know, there are gay, uh, whatever the main character of and Two's* name is. I can't <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I don't remember, there are 108 fucking characters in this thing. <laughs> But you, you would just have, you know, it would just be they would, people, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like that is, you know, there is people. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that bigots don't understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and when you, when you kind of erase that by just like mixing it all up, I think that you can do some harm, yeah. even if it is harm that can be therapeutic yeah. to some, and that I don't want to take that therapy away from anybody because it's not my thing, mm-hmm. It's just my commentary from the outside. Yeah. So for what it is worth. So, uh, moving on to Starcraft two wings of Liberty responses.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think this will be. You. This is you. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Matt says, via contact, uh, just wanted to share a fun and probably irriti- irritating thing that I used to do in StarCraft II multiplayer. Uh, I would play as Terran and try to get to Reapers, the jetpack guys, uh, as fast as possible. I would sneak a small group of them to the enemy's base and try to hop up near, their, near where their uh, mineral fields were. I would try to kill all of their workers before they could react. Sometimes, this can catch someone in a bottleneck where they've been spending every resource that they... Uh, <laughs> had uh, and now didn't have enough to rebuild their workers realize it's futile and then quit I'm not good at this game so it was my only strategy please don't <laughs> judge me <laughs> not do it it's, it's a gamble power. I mean like if you're if, if you're racing toward reapers you're not investing in other parts of your economy uh so mm-hmm. you know if that doesn't pay off and you don't get them in a bottleneck you're left in a bad position i I don't know I think all's fair. Uh, in uh, in love and war, I never really liked or respected. No rush, fifteen or thirty games. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I, it just it's not my uh, not my ballywicke. Yeah, as a non competitive player, like all that stuff is just funny to me because it will never <laughs> affect me, right? Because I don't play legend <laughs> multiplayer. Yeah, uh, games. <laughs> the uh, Robert says via contact it may seem a bit weird, but I want to talk about Jim Rayner. He's a reasonably good expression of the knight in sour armor t- trope. While done better with other characters like Ramza from Final Fantasy Tactics, as a child and later teenager, Jim Raynor stands out as somebody I really admired. He was an example of goodness that only really seemed to exist in fiction. Being taken advantage of and still sticking to their morals, even though doing so would ruin them, is something that I feel helped shape me as a young man. Even if I feel the story overall wobbles a bit under scrutiny, the character is a good interplay of personal morals, romance, and the needs of the greater good. Maybe it's a trope that's harder to get into, considering this is also the trope Alex Shithiel Jones pretends to be, <laughs> fighting the losing battle against the globalist. But us. it mattered uh, to me deeply as a teenager, and that moment of Jim Raynor walking out of that cave on char with what amounts to uh, missed opportunity in his arms into an uncertain future by sparing Kerrigan still makes me tear up a little.
0: Yeah. Uh I I don't see uh <laughs> don't worry. I do not see your description of Jim, of Jim Rainer matching Alex uh Alex Jones uh as somebody who has learned way more about Alex Jones than is necessarily healthy over the past month or so. Um mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, no. That's I I think I think I think we're good. And I also appreciate Jim Rainer's characterization.
1: Yeah. Uh and this is probably the only place you're ever going to hear Alex Jones compared to Jim Rainer. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why doesn't that ever show up in our reviews
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so somebody somebody can be an underdog choosing uh uh a uh a seemingly impossible fight without being compared to the fucking awful person like alex jones
1: <laughs> there, there would be like marsara truthers oh, oh absolutely yeah starcraft like if uh-huh. blizzard were a different company uh-huh you know like the, the 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 fox news uh parody of that stuff is all pretty toothless yeah yeah you know uh yeah
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah uh good uh good response i i I like jim rayner he is a he is a standout in a game uh whose story is mostly enjoyable through ridicule (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah agreed uh, Aaron writes, via contact, this is the final StarCraft 2 response, in honor of playing it wrong month, I wanted to write in about StarCraft 2. Not because you played it wrong, or to correct, though there are a billion little things that the pedant in me uh, wants to correct, uh, but to offer an alternative viewpoint about a type of game that you guys don't really ascribe to. While I often play games for story or experience, or to see the world, uh, the games that have stuck with me, my forever games, are all games where the primary draw is mastery. Uh, they're games the same way that baseball or football are games rather than games as a literary medium these are games like overwatch counter-strike escape from tarkov uh, and to some smaller extent starcraft 2 it was actually very fun to listen to gary's uh gary's fling with competitive left for dead for this reason these games are infinitely replayable because you're uh, constantly hoping uh honing and testing a skill is it, an, is it an important skill? No. But there is still an endless amount of joy that can be uh, derived from practicing skills, than testing them. Actually, StarCraft uh, was a game that I briefly played as a mastery game, but actually fell off of it pretty early, uh, before the end of Wings of Liberty's beta, actually. It's actually too stressful uh, for me. Uh, The one-on-one nature meant every moment felt uh, pressing and there was never a moment to relax and take stock. Uh, You get those types of moments in other team-based games. Uh, Being the last one alive in a round of Counter-Strike can be terrifying, but hugely rewarding, too. Uh, But they're just moments. StarCraft always felt like it was 10 to 30 minutes of that high, and I'd be exhausted after even one game. I still watch quite a bit of professional StarCraft, however. Uh, Because of my time with the game, I find it relatively easy to follow, and it's exciting uh, in the same way that sports are exciting. It's fun to root for your favorites. On a totally different topic, if you uh, ever get the StarCraft itch and aren't playing Heart of the Swarm or Legacy of the Void for WAF at the time, you should definitely check out the custom campaigns. There are some very cool custom campaigns, the best of which are just the uh, race-swapped campaigns, uh, which are actually uh, really quite deftly done. Uh, it's a very fun remix of the original games, and you get the same great mission design with some cool twists, also with difficulty options that are totally, quote, normal friendly. Uh, the co-op is also very fun, but it is a bit grindy, and it suffers from being mandatory co-op.
1: Yeah. I've, I've played quite a bit of co-op mm-hmm. uh, with Derek of the yeah. game. Um, we didn't talk about it very much, but I have done done a bunch of that. I've not done any custom campaigns um, yeah. The, the, the mastery thing there's, you know, we talk about on the show, we'll talk about gamer psychographics Yeah, a lot. Like why people play games and that, that is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are a lot of people in a lot of games for whom that is what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, from sports games to sports, to character action games, you know, like if you're playing beautiful Joe, uh, the people who do, you know, Dante must die mode. Yeah. Who want to get S rank on Dante Must die mode. Um, it's super valid. It just, it's the opposite corner of where I'm at mm-hmm. with stuff. It would maybe be like a fun, uh, dispatch to try to codify some of that stuff. Yeah. Because there, there's like literary, there's expression, you know, the cha- like challenge or mastery. Like there's a couple different axes. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, people can express themselves on with yeah. video games. Um, yeah, and it's, 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 this is a huge, the reason why this was playing it wrong month is because I think that Aaron, you are in the majority yeah. of Starcraft's audience.
0: And, and, I mean,
1: wanting to get better at the skill.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like Starcraft appreciators, the majority of like the time, uh, the dispense, uh, with the game, you know, maybe this isn't true. Maybe there's just a lot of people who are like us who don't, who don't necessarily talk about it, but definitely the majority of the ink that is spilled is about the, uh, is about the multiplayer game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's super valid. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's its own thing. Um I don't it it's weird I the my lack of interest in that applies to real life too like I don't I'm not competitive and I don't like competitive board games either. Yeah. Or things like that. I don't want to I don't feel good things about myself for succeeding at uh games. Right. Sport in like a general sense. Yeah. Does not give me good feelings about myself.
0: It's never been a never been a thing that I enjoyed uh like even good, like back in school or whatever, you know. Uh yeah. The, the only, uh, like even when I did competitive stuff like academic challenge or you know, quiz bowl, what other people, what as what other people would call it? Like it was less, it was less about like beating the other team. And it was more just because knowing stuff felt good <laughs> and knowing mm-hmm. stuff under pressure felt good. I was, it was never mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, we really rubbed it into their faces. I just, the, the solitary pursuits of perfection of, you know, again, going back to school, like, uh choir competitions or solo ensemble or stuff like that or golf you know were were more my uh more my speed and that is yeah. you know it continued to today i don't like i don't like sitting across from somebody and saying i, I by by the end of this you will hate me because i will have bested you
1: well then the, i feel like that's also on the like a golf is also on the mastery yeah you know uh uh, uh spectrum or what have you mm-hmm. you know where it's just, it's just interesting like that whether you, you know, the like uh, it's a magic circle thing,
0: yeah. you know, like to play yeah. a
1: game, you agree that things that are not important are important, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how much stock you put in that is something yeah. that I think influences your your gamer psychographic, you know, and how yeah. important you think it is, is also going to directly result in how good you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. things.
0: Also, I have never played golf for score. I have always played it as an excuse to be outside, or as I was older, an excuse to uh, to, um, to 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 drink with my brother. You know,
1: golf for score is like a huge privilege thing. You yeah. have to play a lot of golf to play golf <laughs> for really score.
0: You really do. Yeah.
1: Like, and if you have a lifestyle where you can play golf a
0: lot, <laughs> you know,
1: how's your mansion?
0: You're doing, you're doing okay. Queen of
1: England. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a that's a certain kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just interesting the way that people approach games in different ways and how that applies to other aspects of life as well. Yeah, you know, and and people follow what makes them feel good and what makes them happiest. Uh, I think kind of naturally. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Let's announce what we're doing in 2022.
0: Yeah. So uh we've made a couple of mentions of it, but December is uh Fallout 4 and all of its DLCs. Whole month mm-hmm. of that. Uh you already know that. That's old news. Uh, but uh we've got uh, we've got January of 2022 coming up, baby.
1: Yeah. We did uh, a little swapping around on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um Fallout 4 is you know, even months are my vanity picks. Mm-hmm. under 2021 and onward waf and odd months are Cole's, but we did some swapping. Uh, so I'm doing a vanity pick in January. So Cole can have the October one. Tell yeah! uh, that way, you know, he can, he can, I can, uh, you know, be a, a Western JRP or Western RPG chauvinist. Mm-hmm. And he can be a horror game chauvinist. Yeah. Uh, without me colonizing both when he has a, a grander knowledge of horror. Yeah. Um, uh, and with that, uh, I wanted to do something breezy to ring in the new year. Mm hmm. So the first thing we're doing in 2021 is Super Mario Brothers
0: 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. looking
1: forward to
0: it. Let's do the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Really excited about that. That's a breeze of a game that I'm surprised we haven't done. You know, and then once we do that and we do a proper episode on Super Mario World we yeah. will have done, you know, the classic Super Mario games,
0: which will feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, this is a nice uh, mm-hmm. follow-up. We did uh, we did Super Mario 2 in a January a couple years ago. I think that that mm-hmm. is a nice place uh, to discuss those. So, yeah, Super Mario mm-hmm. Brothers 3. Uh, then we are doing Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, an early yeah. arcane game.
1: Yep. I, I, Ryan sponsored this for the show, but this is something I've wanted to do for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the podcast it is really interesting it's early arcane like it is level based mm-hmm. it's like an immersive sim that is level based yeah and it has you know uh arcanes immersive sims tend to favor uh a cool way of getting around
0: got grappling hook yeah
1: yep like a grappling hook or a teleport uh in dark messiah it is uh being able to fire rope arrows
0: oh that's what i that, that that's and... what i was thinking of it's not a grappling hook it's a yeah
1: it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like that is a really cool way to get around. Uh, and the story is laughably dumb. Yeah, uh, yeah. We are going to dunk on the succubus that lives in your head and makes double entendres for the entire game.
0: Oh, wonderful. Um, I am looking forward to dining yeah. on that.
1: Yeah. If you, if you want like something in a sexy head demon, <laughs> Dark Messiah, my magic is for you.
0: Oh man. We should pair that up with uh with penumbra black plague.
1: <laughs> Yo yeah.
0: yeah. Got a bow now. my little nephew. <laughs> 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 um and uh the premium game for that month, uh, I'm looking forward to this even though it is a flawed game, it is interesting. Uh the Sinking City. Uh which yep. is the uh the Frogwares game, those are the people who usually make the Sherlock Holmes games. Uh it is them doing a Lovecraftian uh kind of deal. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's real neat.
1: Specifically, a, a Lovecraftian deconstruction. Yes, like the idea that the you know the prominent families of this town are gorilla and frog people, mm-hmm. uh, and are not necessarily monstrous. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about this because it gives me an excuse to to finally like play it, play it. Yeah, I started yeah. this and then fell off because of work. Because. <laughs> uh, I because I put 150 fucking hours in Fallout 4, you jackals. Uh, <laughs> it was something your, like that. It like, was your pick. You you don't get. No, to... I know it was my pick. I just I <laughs> I, I, I earned it, man. Yeah, Every yeah. once in a while, I, I I'm like thinking about work, and I'm like, I fucking earned this. This is all I've done for the last like <laughs> two and a half weeks is just yeah, play this yeah. game. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I put in more time than I wanted to because I wanted to have my definitive fallout for experience of course you know um and it, it, i did choose it but it's mm-hmm. also there are no short wrpgs really nope. we tried short wrpg month and it was still
0: <laughs> it was still a lot. long wrpg month. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a long genre yeah but also sinking city uh you get a lot of uh it's a real uh they they they, they go for some deep pulls when it comes to mm-hmm. the uh the, the 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 forces that are in play here so uh it'll be fun to uh it'll be fun to bring our lovecraft knowledge to that
1: yeah i'm 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 super psyched uh, it's also just released on Switch not too long ago. It, it so runs very that,
0: uh, uh, just a just a bit of a warning. It runs incredibly poorly on Switch.
1: Yeah, I've got it on PC and Switch. Okay, uh, it was on sale at some point, so I can mm. try the Switch version. If I don't like it, I can
0: swap. Yeah, you can do- double back. Yeah.
1: Um, we have uh, February booked out. If you were to sponsor an episode, mm-hmm. you would be looking at uh, March. Mm -hmm. March or April at this point. Uh, we encourage you to do so please do. And, uh, yeah, next year is going to be good. Um, it's gonna be fun. I've already kind of sat down and laid out a bunch of, uh, my, uh, picks, my vanity picks.
0: I, uh, am also looking forward to, uh, that as well. Good stuff. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Indeed. Uh, if you like the show, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. That is mm-hmm. how you do uh, you sponsor games. That is how you hear premium episodes. That is how you get a bunch of bonus episodes. And that is how you support your boys
0: yeah yeah that's how you get episodes a week early if you would like to see those um yeah it's a we we like to think that there is a a lot of value there you can check out other shows on the network check out orb which is our uh, venture brothers rewatch podcast uh you can check out abject suffering our comedy show that is nominally about bad games everything to guppy that's gary and will nominally talking about uh binding of isaac Items uh Mm -hmm. and enemies and uh the level, which is me uh and some folks doing like a modern games kind of round table kind of stuff.
1: Please. His name is Dennis and he votes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot. It's it' it, did Dennis, Ben, David, and Jala. Yeah. Uh, There we go. Yeah, there we go. I can say Um, all of them.
1: No, I know. I, I like you. You succeeded in the name all the members of the level challenge. <laughs> the the, the teens are doing on TikTok. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, you have to do that, then you chuck a tide pod and plank.
0: Put plank over an open grave.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plank. You you plank dive into an open grave while your your bros bury you in butt ices. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool cool ads from 10 years ago yeah.
1: kids are constantly dying to the new asphyxiation challenge <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, on tiktok
0: oh so, gosh uh
1: we will see you next week with uh the young
0: know,
1: yeah going to the going to the, uh, the uh
0: commonwealth wasteland.
1: baby yeah Commonwealth baby yeah mm. i was gonna do civilization uh, and then i was like oh that song's like pretty racist but it's also catchy so i i kind of shorted out
0: yeah no it's fine so um, I,
1: sometimes you got to pull a rip cord in the middle of a sentence i didn't write it yeah <laughs> i didn't make the song